my shorts. Down to the podcast, I'm of course your host, Dave Lee, and this is episode 30! Thank you! Thank you! Thank you, everyone! Just uh, cut it out! That's enough! Oh, 30 episodes! Can you believe it? And I thought you would have, uh, after 30 episodes, you would have done an opening without spilling water. I know, I know, still screwing up. Hey, because it's the 30th episode, we're going to have a huge show. We're going to, the whole show is just going to be like my 30 favourite moments Ooh. from the last year. That's all the show is going to be. That's it. Just best bits. No, nah, not really. We're not that lazy. <laughs> <laughs> not that lazy. Well, maybe. Well, maybe a little bit. Of course. Sometimes. Of course, you can join us every single Monday here on the podcast. Goes out every single Monday on all the major podcasting platforms. That includes Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, and Audible. The video element, the visual element, goes out on YouTube as well. Uh, very same day, but if you're a patron supporter, you can get your early access for as little as a dollar a month. How good is that? Cheaper. Yeah, the jokes keep rolling. 30 shows in. The same joke for the same episodes. joke. And it's going to do for another 30. <laughs> Yay. Um... What was I going to say? Yeah, so if you want to support the podcast and Daily Down Under for as little as a dollar a month, you can get your early access to the podcast on the Saturday, two days early. Uh, we have migrated the video podcast to a second channel now, so all the podcasts can be found on the Daily Down Under podcast channel. That's linked down in the bottom below. Um, you can find me on YouTube at Daily Down Under, like the main channel, of course, over on Twitter, Instagram. Links for all those down at the bottom as well. Uh, if you want to write into the show, you can shoot me an email at davelypod at gmail.com. And uh, if you're listening on the podcast platforms, we like reviews. Only good ones. Only the good ones. Don't want shit ones. We don't want shit ones because it brings the review, the ratings down. Got to keep the rating up. Yeah, I know. 4.9. Hey, but if you look at it on Apple Podcasts, it still says 5. Ooh, yeah. that's nice. Depends on the service you look at. So technically, still a five-star podcast. Yeah, now you're going to get somebody to go on there. And I'm pretty sure. Yeah, don't be a jerk about it. Don't be a jerk about it. <laughs> Good reviews only. I'm not. I probably shouldn't be saying that. No, you shouldn't be. Like good reviews, we like. Yeah, exactly. We don't like bad ones. No. Don't be a jerk. No. Plain and simple. Of course. I'm joined once again by old mate Rick. Hey, Dave. Welcome to the show. Hey, guys. Hope everyone's well. Keeping safe. All that sort of shit. Yeah. We are. We're having a great right. time here in Melbourne. We're sort of out and free, and it's good now. Well, yeah. For now. For now. <laughs> Apart from the. Uh, the uh, story on the news last night no. about traces of the virus in yeah, our sewage system, and no. the area we live in is one of the areas that are hot uh, spots. Well, sort of around the hot, hot spot, spot area, it's, it's sort of like a, like the be careful, be warned zone. Yeah, exactly. Be right. careful if you have mild, if you have oh, the mildest Lord. of symptoms, go and get checked. Yeah, Lord Almighty. Anyway, yeah, it'll it's okay. It's it's going okay. As of two weeks ago, we didn't have it, so. No, well, because we got tested, didn't we? Yeah. yeah. And we went to the football last week, so who knows? Oh, yeah, gosh, 85,000 people. Uh, well, oh, 80, uh, 70, 80, 78, 78,000. Ah, the same, same. Exactly. A lot of people, a lot of people. Um, but it's been all right. We've been lazy again this week. Ain't been doing a lot. 
No, stuff all. Yeah, I've been doing a little work, trying to get the next evolution out. Mm. I only just done one a couple of weeks ago, and we're going to have Taking another one like in a week's time. Oh, big! That's a shot. That's a that's a revelation. I haven't said anything about that. Oh, I'll announce that probably. But not put week. your foot in your foot in your mouth again. Well, yeah, no, it, it should get done. But oh, yeah, hopefully, I don't know. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully. Um, hey, talking about reviews, if you we, just keep sleeping in. You won't bloody well get it done. I know. I keep sleeping in. It's not good. Yeah, gotta change I, that alarm, mate. I'm telling you, I can't wake up. That alarm on that Google thing is too nice. It's, it's like too nice. And then it was fine when we when I first got the Tell thing. Tell it to wake you up to some death metal or something. Uh, no, no, because I'll up. just that'll wake me up and I'll be really annoyed. Exactly. Then you'll get up. The only thing that wakes me up is the alarm on my phone. The one that goes. That one shits me because that's the one I use when we go overseas. Yeah. Oh, and it just annoys the crap out of me, that one. It's the only thing that will wake me up. And oh. if, I, if I forget to set the alarm on my phone, I don't wake up. Although the other day, I actually, yeah, the other day I set that alarm, but I think that was the day I was up until like 2 or 3 a.m. editing because I did the, I was just a bunch of news dropped. I was like, i got to get a bunch of videos out, so I did it overnight. And I had this dream where I had brought a laptop in here while, I was, while we were watching a movie and it was doing editing. It was like doing rendering, but the rendering was really loud going, ah, ah, oh. ah, ah, ah. this was the dream. <laughs> Obviously, the alarm's going off, and it's like seeped into my dream. And I was dreaming that the laptop was going, ah, ah, ah. I couldn't stop it. I couldn't stop it. And then eventually I woke up. I was like, oh, it's just the alarm. And then I think I turned it off and went back to sleep. Oh, I'd smash the computer if it started doing that. And <laughs> it just drove me around the twist. I yeah, I couldn't deal with it. So anyway, that wakes me up. That's about the only thing that gets me up. But again, I have I did do two like a late night edits this week because then the next night was the tra- the Luca trailer from Pixar, mm. which was up to two or three a.m. And then as we've established, if I have like a late night, I'm fucked for the rest of the week. Just a little, yeah. But anyway, it's okay. I've been getting stuff done. I've been getting what I need done done. And been doing the late nights so I can afford to sleep in every now and then. That's fine. Yeah. Hey, uh, talk you about... Can't, you can't work 24 hours. No, exactly right. You've got to sleep. Yeah, talking about reviews. I'm talking about reviews before. Yeah. Last week, we got. I was saying we got like a really good one. <laughs> and it was true. like so good that it was almost like we'd set up a burner account <laughs> and just like left a review for ourselves or that we'd paid off someone to leave a review. I'll read it again. It was from Ollie's TF 19081. Subject, it's so good. And their review was, literally my favourite podcast ever. Starring the incredible Dave Lee and co-starring old mate Rick. Please listen to this podcast. It's awesome. It is. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It's true. Anyway, the the author left a comment on one of my YouTube videos. It must have been the podcast last (laughs) week. Um, He says, I can confirm, or she says, I can confirm that I left the review. Don't worry, I'm not a bot. <laughs> That's funny. It's a real person. It's a real person. Uh, um, we got a new one this week, though. We got a new review. Ooh. It was very nice. As from Regular Man, 987. Regular Man. Yeah. <laughs> what a great name. Yeah. Uh, the subject was good stuff, and the review was always a treat to listen to. Oh, it's nice. It's lovely to hear. So thank thanks, you for some regular man. Yeah, thanks for the nine eight seven. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> There's nine hundred eighty six other regular men out there. <laughs> um, yeah, thanks for the pat on the back for our thirtieth episode. Very much appreciated. 
Thanks, regular. Hey, I do. I should actually say I do appreciate everyone listening for and keeping it keeping me going for thirty episodes. Yeah, uh, because you know if there was like one or two people out there, I would have dipped out a long time ago. Yeah, exactly. Right. Um, but you know, these are getting decent decent views on the YouTube, decent listens on the podcast platforms. Good ones. Need more though. We're we usually charging. We need more. Yeah, more, 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 more. We're always we're usually charting in the top fifty every week, which is awesome. Mm. In, in uh, like TV and fil- uh, TV and TV m- film, film and TV reviews, I think the category is. What are uh, they? So 52, doing, uh, 52 of us. Yeah, are they? probably. Yeah, and we're and in the top fifty. Yeah, we're in the top fifty, awesome. which so is really two, good. So yeah. we're we're still we are still in like oh man, what is it? Let me have a look. I got to pull it up here. Just somewhere in Norway. Yeah, or Norway. Wasn't it? I think um, we are um, Netherlands. Netherlands, there you go. Netherlands, we are in, um, we are number 35 all-time film reviews um, podcast in the Netherlands. And there's been, all time. There's been 36. There's been 36. Um, and there was an, and Finland as well, we're number 18 of all-time film reviews. So there's 19 of them. Wow. So we're doing well. Yeah, yeah I don't know. I'd like to know. How That's many, interesting. How, yeah, exactly. How many it's up against. Yeah, because... Yeah, that's a, a strange. Uh, I don't know, it was a bit strange to be that part of the world where you're getting know, yeah. reviews and shit. Yeah, strange. Interesting. Maybe they don't get a lot of Australian. Maybe that's it. Maybe it's the Australian angle they like to laugh at us. Yeah, laugh, <laughs> laugh, 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 at, laugh at the wheels. Yeah. <laughs> but if you are out there, <laughs> oh, they sound in, like they're English in Finland and the Netherlands. Thank you so much for listening because yeah. we're doing very well in the charts there. Hey, I've been to the Netherlands. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful place. Yeah. Amsterdam. Oh, yeah. Been to yeah, Amsterdam. Yeah, well, I've been to Amsterdam. It's not, not no, like I've really been in country. I want to get out there. I want to see like all like the big um, like the big windmills and the flower farms and all that shit. It'd be awesome. Yeah, it'd be great. And we wanted to do that because I went with Alicia. We wanted to do it. We didn't. We were there for like three days. Mm. And it was really just Amsterdam. And when you're there, it's like it's just an experience. And it's like its own little bubble. All to itself. Uh, but, yeah, thank you so much, everyone out there listening. Um, we are also number 14 in Nigeria. Of uh, Oh, no, that's not all time. We're just at number 14 in Nigeria at the moment. So thanks to all our Nigerian listeners as well, which is awesome. Everyone, we're, ch- we're like, we're, 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 we got good listens in the US, in Britain, in Canada, um, Hungary as well, which is, that's, awesome. that's, that's what I'm seeing here anyway. And Australia, Australia it's still, of course. It still fascinates me. Yeah, that still fascinates me that you can you can we we sit in this little <laughs> this little place in Melbourne, Australia, and you got people in bloody Netherlands yeah. and Canada and America and and you know Nigeria. It's crazy, all over the place. It's just it's it's awesome. just it still so, boggles my mind. Yeah, me too. I mean, yeah, when you dive into the YouTube analy- analytics and all that, and just see where the, the places people are listening from, it's uh, watching from. Crazy. So it's anyway, not, well, it's not just that. It's just it's the whole technology thing, you know. Like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, some of the interviews you've done, you, where you've yeah, been yeah, sitting yeah. here and they're in bloody yeah. LA or <laughs> wherever they are. Yeah. That's just yeah, it's crazy. It's just it's still been, it's been a ride. Me. It's been a ride. So anyway, thanks so much, everyone who has been listening to the podcast. On a very serious note, honestly, we do yeah, appreciate we do, it we all. Do, we really do. Um, I love it. I love doing it because people are watching and engaging and all that shit. And if that was no, if there was none of that. It's not worth doing. It's not worth doing. You're doing it for your own self gratification. No, for yourself to watch or whatever. Yeah, no. Um, So anyway, yes. Thank you so much. Let's get on with the show. Awesome. Um, So yeah. So get out, everybody. Wherever you are around the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just pop a line. Tell us where you're listening from. Yeah, we'd love that. It'd be great. Um, I have an update on my Zavi order. I was going to update you last week. Let me just grab them over here. I just. 
just off the microphone a little bit. Here we go. So you know how I ordered twelve discs from Zavi, oh, yeah, right? Here we go. And they Funny and Zavi sends them all like individually. They won't. They refuse to box them up. For some stupid reason. That's because some bloke's too lazy to walk across <laughs> the bloody, you know, 50 metres across the bloody warehouse to pick them off shelves. That's but all. he's got to pick them off the shelves anyway and then just dump some on yeah, the conveyor probably, belt. There's probably, probably says, oh, you take aisle three, yeah. you take aisle four. So anyway, I ordered 12 discs only because these were the only places I could get the Criterion discs for like half price. Um, I ordered 12. They sent four out. Um, not together. They were like, they sent them, again... All individual packages, 12 individual packages left the UK to Australia. They sent four out one day, then they sent out a... No, sorry, they sent six, then they sent a second batch of four, and then they sent a batch of two, right? So as of last week, I had received the entirety of the first batch, which is great, the six, right? Um, Also, as of last week, I'd received two of batch two. Right, yeah. And as of this week, I've received one from batch... No, I've received two from batch, batch three, three, and now I'm waiting on one more from batch... Wait. Anyway, whatever it is, I've got all of them except for one from the second batch. So as I said... Is that the one that's gone missing? Or well, that's what I'm something. saying. There's always going to be one. Yeah. When they send them all individually, again, it's not exactly Zavi's fault that it gets lost in the post. It's just annoying that they've all gone no, out it's individually. Just the fact that they send them out individually. There's more, there's more chance else. of one going missing or getting damaged, I should say. None have arrived damaged yet, which is good. I thought there's, yesterday's one might have, though. I thought yes, well, yesterday's one is a little bit bowed, but it's not as bad as I've yeah. had it in the past, so it's okay. It's passable. Um, but all the others are in good condition, which is great. Some more addition to the Criterion Collection. But we're just still waiting on one more from batch two. I've got batch one. I've got batch three. Will it arrive? Will it arrive? Stay tuned (laughs) next week. Will it arrive? And what condition, if it does, what condition (laughs) will it be in? (laughs) Has some some fat bloke been sitting on it in his van for two weeks and it's bowed and bent and smashed? Well, we'll see. We'll find out. Who knows? Um, What have we been watching this week? Um... I'm surprising that I've actually got a movie in most days this week. Um, some older stuff, mostly older stuff, obviously, because I've got my big pile. Well, I've got my pile of hundreds of discs. I'm just trying to get through. But then every now and then there's like this period in every month where a whole bunch of shit just comes through from my friends at the distributors who sending me stuff to watch to review my like Blu-ray review every month. Um, so I've this week I've been like powering through a bunch of stuff that's been sent in so I can get back to my pile. But it's all stuff I want to watch anyway. I don't ask for, I don't request stuff that I have no interest in. Well, um, why would you? <laughs> no, exactly right. Not worth it. Uh, so this week I watched one called Leap of Faith, uh, which is a film with Steve Martin. Uh, this was one done in like the early 90s, I think 92. The strange, the interesting thing is I'm a huge Steve Martin fan, aren't I? Uh, yeah. I love Steve Martin. Yeah. Like I grew up on his films, all of them. I've so watched- is your uncle. Oh, my uncle loves him. He, my <laughs> uncle thinks he's Steve Martin. <laughs> he doesn't doesn't help that his name is Steve <laughs> as well. <laughs> um, but he loves Steve. We I, love you, Steve. We love you, Steve. He does listen and watch. I do appreciate it. Thank you so much. He's a patron as well. Appreciate yeah. that. Yeah. What's all this? There's all this like, fluff floating around today. Oh, it might be off my jet. Off oh, this that'll do it. Yeah. Anyway, so it's Leap of Faith, Steve Martin film, just come out on Blu-ray from Umbrella <laughs> Entertainment here in Australia. Um, this is like one of the only classic Martin films, if not the only one I've never watched. And oh, really? I don't know why it just, 
always like slipped my radar for some reason. Um, it wasn't terrific, but it was quite. It was good. I enjoyed it, but it's not like first class. It's not like top top notch. Yeah. Um, so I think that's probably why it maybe just slipped a little bit. Mind you, I've watched a lot of shit with Steve Martin in it as well. Oh, yeah. So, there's some crap. There's some so crap. I don't know. But this was good. He plays like a um, – he's basically like a grifter who has got this travelling like um, preacher show where he goes around travelling this that's preacher right. show and he's like a miracle man and basically just conning everyone to believing that he's like a, a miracle man and doing all these miracles on stage, whereas it's just all like stage. It's all fake. Yeah. Um, so the concept's really good. Uh, not a lot of huge laughs in Religion. it. Fine. Yeah, it's like a, <laughs> it's a faith-based. It is. It's a very faith-based film, and I feel right. like that's probably why. That's what they call these, uh, like religious films, like faith-based film. Yep. Um, and I feel like that is probably the reason why it was maybe brushed under the rug a little bit because it's hard for a lot of like the faith films to get more traction, like mainstream traction, yeah. which is interesting. But this is kind of more on the mainstream side of the faith-based kind of films. Um, so because he does have like the enlightenment and I, I mean, that's a 30 year old movie. I'll fucking spoil it. And I won't because if, because if, <laughs> if, someone, wants to, if someone wants to go out and buy it from umbrella anyway, it's all these things actually start happening where you start to think, Oh, maybe, it, maybe there is miracles or whatever. Um, so it's good, but it gets a little bit sappy towards the oh, end. Yeah. It's a bit like, oh, okay, I see where this is going. Um, I watched another one called Let It Ride. Um, this one's got Richard Dreyfus in it. I don't know if um, I've seen that. Very good. Very good. Um, just it. really weird, quirky comedy from the late 80s. He is like this down and out of his like, cab driver, and he gets a tip on this horse race. Um, which is like they they intercept like this CB radio sort of thing with these guys talking about fixing a horse race. Mm. So they go and like bet on the horse and he wins a shitload of money and then he just gets addicted to gambling and he's just the whole day, he spends a whole day at the track just gambling and gambling. Oh, and I, think I, have, of I money. think I have seen it. Uh, very good. Doesn't have great morals. Yeah, but that's Richard Dreyfuss. Exactly it? right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Joking, of course. Just a joke. Uh, oh, Jesus. Uh, <laughs> oh, um, but, yeah, it's a very good film. Um, and he's terrific in it. He is so good. Like, he's, he's just really dry kind of um, style of humour, really quirky. Really, really loved it. Really loved it. Um, also watched uh, one called The Mothman Prophecies, one called as if no one's heard of it. Mothman Prophecies, this was one from like the early 2000s um, with James Bond, Pierce Brosnan, and mm. um, 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 oh, geez, who was in it? Richard Gere. Rich- oh, not ja- Why am I saying Pierce Brosnan? It was Richard Gere. Richard Gere and uh, Laura Linney, I think, was, Laura uh, Linney, Laura yeah. Linney was in it, and yeah. Deborah Messing uh, as well is in it as Deborah well. Deborah Messing was in it? Really? Yeah, right at the beginning of it. She's his wife and she dies. Uh, not spoiling anything, this is just like the first 10 minutes of the film. She dies and is having these weird premonitions about this mothman and then years after she dies, he's mysteriously drawn to this town where there have been all these sightings of this mothman mm. and there's like all these people having these prophecies about like this big disaster that's going to happen based on true stories. You know, you had so many movies in the early 2000s which were all yeah, exactly. based on a true story, uh, the Blair Witch Project and, and all that shit, yeah. Um, so yeah, it was okay. I'm not huge on these kinds of movies. It wasn't very scary. Um, it's more of like a psychological horror drama horror yeah, kind yeah. of thing. But I did enjoy it. it was quite I have seen it. I enjoyed it when yeah. I was yeah. it. It was seen it years ago, yeah. We had it on DVD, it. Uh, but I never watched it. But yeah, I got it. It's part of the indicator. I reckon I might have actually watched it on VHS. Yeah, probably. I think you actually did have the VHS of that. Mm. I think you did, yeah. Um, 
Yeah, I enjoyed it, but it's not terrific. But it's on the indica- Indicator label has released that. They also released Let It Ride. They also released The Two Worlds of Johnny. J- Johnny. <laughs> the Two Worlds of Johnny. The two, <laughs> the two Worlds of Jenny Logan. This is one that I thought was really weird. That? No, you wouldn't know. This is a TV movie. Oh, okay. Um, and it's, it's kind of one that's really baffling that they've released as part of the um, Indicator collection. But I guess... Um, uh, sorry, not indicator imprint. I think because the imprint label is kind of like cult films and stuff, this one is a bit of a cult movie. It was like a TV movie uh, from the late seventies, um, and it stars um, I can't remember her name, but she was the Bionic Woman, um, Lindsay Wagner. Lindsay Wagner, yeah. So I think that's probably why it's like kind of a cult film for a TV movie. The production value is actually really good for a film like TV movie of the seventies, yeah. early eighties. Very good production values. It's actually enjoyable. the The concept's well, quite as good, good as they were back then. As good as they were, um, but for for a TV movie of the seventies, it's quite good. Mm. Um, the concept's good. She moves into like this old house, and there's like this old wedding dress there. And when she puts on the wedding dress, she travels back in time. And it's like she has like this. She gets in this like love affair back in time, and then yep. she spends her time between the mo- the modern day and yep. the past day. So that's her two worlds. It's okay. kind of like that one with Christopher Reeve. That um, somewhere in time. That was like his time traveling love story somewhere thing, wasn't time. it? Yeah, similar. Um, the concept's good. Um, it's not terrific. It's very melodramatic and whatever. I would imagine um, so. Uh, wasn't wasn't great. Wasn't great. But I think it's a cult. Like it's got seven. It's got a CS six nine. nine on. So that's an all. That's an all right. That's definitely that's an definitely all right. an alright. Um, we'd say no. I don't have the I don't have uh, the sound effects like, today. <laughs> just, we got something else planned. I just wanted to piss off the uh, the world's worst uh, world's worst Ma- manager. Yeah, no, we don't have the sound effects on the board today, sadly. Um, but yeah, it was okay. That's part of the imprint line, and again, um, I think it's just because it's more of like a cult thing. There was another one in the imprint line that I watched. I can't remember. Maybe watched that a couple of weeks ago. I didn't write it down here. I can't remember what it was. Um, oh, oh yeah, I watched it last week. I spoke about it last week. Um, this week we also watched uh, You Were Never Really Here. That's the one with Joaquin Phoenix. Yeah. You fell asleep in like the two of the most pivotal moments in the movie and then didn't know what was going on. Yeah, just a bit. Yeah. <laughs> Very good film. Like his performance is terrific. Um, he's essentially... I liked it though. I liked, liked it. It's very good. He's essentially hired... By like a governor or something. He's this. He's this like a fixer guy who was hired to go in and save um, kidnapped girls and women yeah. from uh, they're captives. yeah, they're captives. And he is brutal in the way that he does. He's like an ex. Uh, he's an ex um, a soldier who has obviously seen a lot and done done a lot in the war and comes back and he's just he doesn't give a shit what he does and he just goes. Like goes to the hardware store and buys a bunch of hardware goods to, you know, essentially, <laughs> yeah, if I carry can, out his job. Yeah, um, very, very good. Um, and he's hired to go and save this young girl, must be like a fifteen-year-old girl or something, from these captives by a like a governor or something. That's the bit you fell asleep in, so you missed like the setup for the film, right? Because um, <laughs> you woke up and you said, "I don't think I really know what happened in that." <laughs> so yeah, you fell asleep like in the main part. But anyway, that's the story. And then they come and. They take her off him, and then he goes to try and get her get her back. Mm. Um, so it's kind of the gist. Very good, like very like obviously very, very heavy, dramatic, very dramatic, yeah, very heavy, heavy movie, but very good. And his performance in that very, very good as well. Was it nominated? Was he not? I don't think he was nominated for an Oscar or anything. For I'm not sure. I, don't know. I know he's 
nominated for a bunch of stuff for it. There you go. Have a look. And that yellow bar right across. Oh, yeah. yeah. Seymour. Oh, Jesus. If it was nominated for an Oscar, that would have come up probably first. Uh, BAFTA, yeah, no, but he did. I, there was, there was no. like awards buzz over it anyway when that came out. Um, so we just, that's one that came out a while ago on, on disc, but we just watched recently. We also watched one called The Tracker, which is an Aussie film. Um, mm-hmm. That was the one with David Gulpalil. Yep. Gary Sweet. <laughs> where <laughs> Gary Sweet, TV actor. Yeah. Um, but but a, a real actor, I love, I love a real actor. He's great. I love, I love him. But he's even, just a real chilled, relaxed Aussie bloke. Yeah, and he's like that in every interview you ever see of him. Yeah, exactly. And he's very good. But that's a very very good film, um, which is um, sort of like again another really heavy one where there's this woman who's been killed, um, and they believe that a black man has done it. And the this police officer, this troop of police officers, there's like an experience, a veteran one, and there's like a rookie and some other guy. They want to go out and find this guy, um, this um, uh, Native Australian guy, and they hire an Aboriginal tracker to track the guy down. And he tells them, "I can, I can lead you to him." Um, but along the way, they start to question whether this guy is actually leading them to the right place, yeah. or whether he's, you know, playing games with them. Very dark premise, but it does have a lot of like really dark kind of comedy in there as well. Well, set and, in set in nineteen twenty two. Yeah, set so in nineteen twenties Australia. So yeah. it's like it's it, it does play on like that kind of relationship between colonial uh, white settlers and yeah, exactly and right. First Nation Australia yeah. um, first um, First Nation Australians, yeah. um, and sort of plays off that kind of politics thing. But it's very good in the way it's done. Um, and um, David Goldblum is fantastic. He's just very magnificent, very comedic. Again, it's very <laughs> coughing into the microphone. Very um, again for something that's very dark. He's got this very comedic streak in it. In that yeah. David Goldblum's yep. character, like taking these guys along for a ride, and he's just so sly about whether he's actually you know taking them to the right place or he's you know stringing them along. Very very good film, but again, it is it's it's pretty heavy. Yeah, um, but, but yeah, it's good though. Really very good Australian film, directed enjoy. by Rolf Deheer, who's one of our greatest yeah. directors. So I definitely recommend checking that one out as well. Um, new films. Watch a couple of new films for once, because I said a couple of weeks ago I went out and bought some new films. Um, we watched Promising Young Woman last week, which was yes, terrific. Yes, loved it. Was good. Um, and we've just watched The Dry with oh, Eric Banner. Now that was right in my so wheelhouse. So good. That. Yeah. I loved it. Terrific. Absolutely loved it. Loved every moment. Yeah. I mean, Eric, Eric Banner is great anyway, but mm. I can't explain. He was really – he played a real Australian role in this. Yeah, yeah. A real Australian role. And he was just relaxed and mm. – Oh, it's, it's, I don't know. I don't very know good anyway. Very but a good brilliant movie. film. Absolutely brilliant So film. he goes – he – is like a journalist. It's, it seems a bit slow and stuff when you're watching it. Yeah, but it's the setup and everything else. Oh yeah, that, he's, that, that he, I really enjoy. He's a journalist who is high, no, he's not a journalist. No, 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 he's, he's a, a, he's a, a federal federal, federal, federal officer, but he's hired kind of off job to go into his old town where he grew up because one of his friends has died. Yeah, and there's kind of a mystery surrounding her death. Um, it was a mur- she was murdered. Yeah, she was murdered, and her child was murdered. And the they said that the the husband has killed them, and then has gone out and killed himself. And the husband was a mate. Was a, an old was mate an old of mate his. too. Yeah. So he they kind of but there's questions around whether 
he actually did yeah, it and right. how it happened. And he ends up getting stuck there and kind of ends up investigating this unofficially yeah, right. and starts riling stuff up in the town yep. because he was involved in a case years ago. He was yeah. like at the centre of that's this right. murder case years ago that was kind of pinned on him. Yeah. And anyway, it's this. As a, as a 16-year-old. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. So obviously as things about this new case start unravelling, his past starts unravelling too, and they yep. kind of converge, and it's, oh, it's terrific. Yeah, and really good. Just the, well scripted. Really oh, well yeah. scripted. The shot. dynamics between him and the other characters, so good, set in like a rural Australian town. Mm. And would you believe it, the author of the original novel was not Australian. She's British. Really? Yeah. Wouldn't have known. So, like, authentically Australian. Yeah. And when you when you... I mean, if anybody wants to check it out and wants to know what country Australia is like, yeah, 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 it's a really gives you a really good feel of what country Australia is like. Yeah, crazy, you know, beautiful, uh, very, Absolutely very good beautiful. movie. I loved it. I've heard no no bad things about no, it. It's, great. it's terrific. What sort of? It has like an eight or something. Really? Yeah, it's like. Oh. It, I think it had. Don't quote me on this, but I'm pretty sure it had like the biggest opening of an Australian film. Either ever or for a long time, and it was during a pandemic. Yeah, it's a seven. Seven. So good. And he's true. He's so good. It's his first Australian movie in like a decade or something. Yeah. As well, Eric Banner. Yeah. Uh, they're talking about doing a sequel. I don't know how they're going to go from there with a sequel, but um, I'd be open to it if they got a good story. Mm. I think seeing him yeah. off doing another case, very good. Yeah, I can see sure. it being one of those ones that they just – and then probably make like a fucking TV series like or something. Was it, Gold, was it Goldstone? Or Goldstone. Or um, it no, um, Mystery Road. Mystery Road. And then they made right. Goldstone, which is like set like 10 or 15 years in the future, and then they're making the Mystery Road series at the moment, which is in between the two films. Right, yeah. So that's what I'm saying. It'll turn out, I, it'll be, turn be out to be something like if that. It does. And, yeah. he, and if he's in it as well. Yeah, and that Jack, Jack – um, Reacher. Jack, no, no, not Jack. Uh, Reacher. I almost said Jack Reacher too. Irish. Is it even Jack? Jack, Jack Irish. Irish with Guy Pearce. Yeah. They did like Same the tally thing. movies and then they did the series as well. Oh, they were fabulous. They yeah, were really fabulous. good. Love them. So, anyway, The Dry, check that one out. We also watched, well, I watched this one. You were you were zonked in this one. You was, you fell asleep in 10 minutes. Oh, did I? The um, Shadow. We must put on light. Did we? Shadow in the Cloud. No, it went on early. This was like okay. our early movie and you, were, you must have been working or something. This is one with Chloe Grace Moretz. She's a fighter pilot in World War Two. Um, she is um, set a task to go and um, sit in on this flighter uh, mission with a team of men, and they're all um, you know sexist and bigoted and all this kind of shit, but she's kind of forced to go on this mission with them and she's got a box and you don't know what is in mm. this box. It's like a mystery box and she's given this task to, like, mind the mind the box under all costs, at all costs. Uh, this has got a 4.8 on IMDb. <laughs> but oh, the, that's why I fell asleep. But the rating on Rotten Tomatoes was, like, 70 or 80 or something. So wow. audiences loved it. Mm. Um, I loved it too. This is a film that has a shite rating, but was actually all right. I thought it was great. Like it's a movie that doesn't take itself seriously any step of the way. Yeah, I don't. I don't remember a lot of it. You, like I, I said, you were gone in five minutes. You were gone in five minutes. I don't think I saw you wake up once. Yeah, I remember drifting in and out of it. Uh, I don't know because I remember, I remember seeing um, what's his name, Callum Mulvey. Yeah, in the beginning. Oh, okay. 
Because they were in it. All right, I fell asleep and I didn't see anything. Again. No, I remember coming in and out of it, but well, again, only just. Again, it's like, again, I don't really want to spoil too much of it because I knew nothing about it going in. Um, but it just seemed like a, like a movie that I, th- I thought I'd really like. I like Chloe Grace Moretz. Um, she's really great in the stuff she does. Um, and um, there's just the whole B-movie kind of um, exploitation genre kind of vibe that it was going for, like mm. 1980s. I just thought this looks really cool. Um, and the first, like, 10 minutes of the movie, all the men are in it, and then she's shoved into this, uh, what do you call it, like that big... Um, at the bottom of the, you saw that part. She gets put in that bottom part of the plane, which is like that big round um, where you got the guns. Oh, yeah, the, t- the um, what they call it, the gunners. Yeah, the gunner area. She gets shoved down there and gets stuck in there. And mm. literally like 80% of the movie is her alone oh, in, that's right. in yeah, the turret that. or the yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it's very good. It's only 80 minutes. I will watch it again if you mm. want to watch it because it's, I, enjoy, I, I really thought it was really good. Um, and, again, it's just really just schlocky B-movie um, and then the plane, and then there's, uh, uh, it's in the trailer. There's a gremlin. A gremlin yeah. comes and starts, like, tearing up the ship. That's right. Um, yeah, so yeah. it takes this really weird twist. Um, I watched the trailer after I watched the movie, and it, like, gives away the whole film. Oh, so don't watch the fucking trailer. But anyway, <laughs> this gremlin comes into it very early anyway, but it does take this weird twist, and I don't know. I think it's, I think you've got to go into an understanding that it's, like, a B-movie, and it doesn't take itself seriously, um, I liked it. I thought it was really good. That's right. I remember, yeah, I remember she was she was telling she'd seen a, seen something the, out on the yeah, wing yeah. and all that. They sort didn't of stuff. believe her. Yeah, yeah. And then someone in in the yeah. plane saw it. Yeah, because back in World War Two, if something went wrong with the ship and they didn't know what it was, they would say it was yeah, a gremlin. gremlin. There yeah. were gremlins in the in the in the in the plane in the plane. Yeah. Um. So it kind of takes that idea of it. Um. So I really liked it. I would watch it again. I think I I thought it was I thought it was fun. Just stupid fun. Yeah. There's a part. Where again, this is in the trailer. She the ship blows up, and she gets sucked out of the plane towards this other plane that explodes. And as it explodes, like the wing flies off and knocks her back up into the into the ship. Oh, and I, didn't, I didn't see that. Oh, I didn't see that bit. <laughs> so good. I loved it. I thought it was. I thought it was terrific. Anyway, mm. um, again, you have to go into it just understanding what it what it's trying to be. Mm-hmm. It's not trying to be anything well, yeah. too. Yeah, if you're going, you think it's a real, yeah. you know, serious film. Yeah. You'll be hitting the shite button. Exactly right. Yeah, exactly. But I thought she was very good in it. She did very well to, to hold her. Like, again, 80, 90% of the movie is just her in this in this thing. I think she does very well to yeah, kind of yeah. command the screen just by herself. She's a very, 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 very good actor. <laughs> um, so anyway, that's kind of all them. DC movies I've been, again, watching. I've been watching all the animated ones recently. I only got two in this week. I did Son of Batman. Uh, Batman has a son. Or something, and then fights with the sun. He's very annoying. The sun. It was very annoying that yeah. one. Um, and then I watched. Was that, that was, the sun was Robin. Yeah, was the sun one? was yeah, Robin. Yeah, yeah. 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 I, I didn't. I thought I didn't. The ass one to smack him. It was annoying. I was like, I'm not really. I didn't really enjoy that one. And then I watched Justice League: Throne of Atlantis, which again I didn't enjoy that much because I'm not. A, I don't really like. I don't like Aquaman. I don't like Aquaman. And I don't like that whole under the sea, the Atlantis shit. I don't mm. know. I just don't like Aquaman. Yeah. And this movie was just like focused around Aquaman, and I just I didn't care for it anyway. But I was get slammed. I'm going to slam you now. So you know yeah, I know. Aquaman. I know. I will. No, I agree. I was a piss weak for you. Aquaman. I just don't. I just don't like. I just don't get it. Um, but anyway, so 
again, as a Justice League movie, was quite good. You had Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, all those. And then, like, the action stuff's fun, but I just didn't vibe with the story because no. I don't I don't like Aquaman. I think that, I think I went to bed when you put that one on. Yeah, I think you did. I think I went to bed that night. Yeah, so I haven't watched one since then. That was earlier in the week. And some of the Justice League ones in particular are very same-same. The Batman ones are so good, but then you get to Justice League ones and they're all very, very much the same. So I've taken a bit of a break for a week. I'll go back to it. Yeah. Because I've, be watched, come I've, too much. I've watched too many now at this yeah. point and I've probably got like 15, 16 to go. Uh, but I'll do it. I'm, I'm enjoying them. I just need that little bit of separation. Um, mm. Falcon and the Winter Soldier. TV-wise, Falcon and the Winter Soldier ended it was last fantastic. week. Very, very Loved good. It. Very good. There are a few issues, I thought, kind of with the story. I felt some of the characters just didn't really need to... Well, not that they didn't need to be there, but I feel like some of the characters didn't pay off as well as they should have. They introduced a lot of stuff that never really... Um, I don't know, never really wrapped up nicely. Again, it's a situation like WandaVision where this one was impacted by COVID. Yeah. Apparently there was like this whole um, subplot, like pandemic subplot, and the flag smashers, the rumour is (laughs) the flag smashers were trying to transport some sort of vaccine or some shit, I don't know, alongside like the super soldier serum um, and they had to go back and like cut all that out or rewrite it oh, or God. so I, I, particularly when you come to the flag smashers, they're kind of there and you kind of like, why, what are they even doing their motive in it? I mean, it's clear, but it's also kind of like, like, what do they do? Like, you what's know, the point? what's the point? Yeah. Um, so I understand, I, I, like, I get it, I understand the characters and they do have that payoff in the end, but they're just, you can see where the holes are, where they've had to go in and, like, cut stuff out of it. Yeah. Um, but overall, I thought it was a just horrific Yeah, I, liked, I really liked um, it. Have you seen the, um, have you seen the, the hot toy of... Uh, uh, yeah, the Falcon. Falcon? Oh. Captain, sorry, Captain America. Captain America. Captain America, he's our new Cap. Yeah, oh. that's right. What a great looking know, hot toy that is! What's the, any idea on price on that? I think it's probably going to be about three hundred and fifty US, which means it's probably going yeah, to be like a four hundred fifty dollar five, Ooh. probably five five fifty like regular retail. But if you go Australian, pop, yeah, yeah, Australian. If you go pop culture, you'll have like um, a discount if you pre-order it. So that's mm. first. Beautiful, so one. good, gorgeous. Oh, and I love it because the wings. Nice in the cabinet with a couple of those. I know because I've got the I've got <laughs> the old Falcon figure, and the one thing that pissed me off about actually, I've owned two Falcon figures. Yeah, I owned the one from Captain America: The Winter Soldier, which is like he's got his army pants on, uh, That's just right. like yeah, that yeah, regular that. sort of outfit. Yeah. and then they did uh, Civil War, and he was in like the more comic book red yep. and and wings gray and... with the wings, and the original one had wings as well. But I wanted like the comic accurate yeah, outfit. Yeah. So I sold the original one yeah. and then I bought the second one. And there's been another one since then, which was Civil War, but I didn't buy that. But anyway, all those ones were similar in that they had wings, but they weren't like um, articulate wings. They were either here, up or down, yeah. and or you could take them off. So yeah. I've got him sitting in the cabinet with the wings off yeah. because I don't fit. Yeah. Um, but this new one has like these fully articulate wings that like wrap right around him. They fold down, they go up, they fucking. So I'm thinking this awesome. is this is the one I've wanted for like six years. Yeah. It comes with the Captain America shield, yeah. all that shit. So I think it's probably going to be a bit more expensive than. Um, and just yeah, just his whole outfit's pretty good. So good. So that might be one. I have a pretty stingent. Well, we both have a pretty 
stringent rule, which is only one of each character. I've well, broken the rule a couple of times. <laughs> you've got so many Iron Man. You've got a dozen Captain America, half a dozen Captain Americas. Yeah, probably half a dozen or so Iron Men as well. Yeah. And then I have two Black Widows because I bought the one from um, Winter Soldier. And then that was like more of like a stealth outfit, the black outfit. She's got like the bob haircut, the the bob and then they brought out the one from, I think it was Age of Ultron, where she's got like the more iconic, the frizzy hair, and then she's got like the more like Avengers outfit and stuff. And yeah. I was like, I'll buy that, I'll sell the other one off. And then I didn't have the heart to sell the Winter Soldier one because that's like my favourite, yeah. Captain one of my yeah. favourite Marvel films. And we had the, we have the Captain, uh, Steve Rogers Captain America in the Strike outfit, yep. so they go well together. So yeah, I was yeah. like, I'll leave that. And... um so there's a few characters we have like exceptions with, and I think we'll probably make one for Captain America, um, uh, Sam Wilson. Yeah, because it's very cool. He's our new Cap, Captain very America good. Falcon. Yeah, no, just Captain America, <laughs> just Captain America. That's it. He's our Captain. <coughs> you didn't I really didn't. impress that then. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, guys. Anyway, so yeah, so still got a bit of a cough from a cold. Yeah, still going. Mm. His cold's gone. He's got a cough. But anyway, your Falcon and Winter Soldier was great. I love the ending. I love the suit, the Falcon suit. It's so cool. And Falcon is now fucking keep saying Falcon. Captain America. America. Sam Wilson. What I mean to say is Sam Wilson right. is now our new Captain America, yep. which is awesome. I thought yeah, that when he cool. comes through the win- the window, smashes the window. Oh, fuck. I was like, shit. Flies, flies through the cockpit and takes, yeah. the, takes the pilot oh, out with him. So good. That Loved was awesome. It. Um, so tonight, wow, last Friday... Yeah, yeah, because we don't record this yeah, yeah. on a Friday before it's on. <laughs> they've got the um, they've got like the making of special on Disney Plus. Oh, now. is that tonight? Yeah, it's tonight. Uh, well, it so it was last, last Friday. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, we've done that. Oh, and they've uh, I don't know if you heard this, but they've already announced Captain America four. No, I haven't heard. Yeah, that. and it's going to be Sam Wilson, Sam, Captain oh, America, cool. in the lead. Um, and I think the showrunner from Falcon and the Winter Soldier, or one of the writers, is um, is writing the film. Oh. So, because you know how at the end it came up with Falcon and the Winter Soldier and it goes, Captain yep, America yep, yep. and the Winter Soldier. Yep. Everyone's like, oh, the next season's going to be Captain America and the Winter Soldier. No, they're going to go straight into doing Captain, Captain America, America 4 with Sam Wilson as, as Cap, which is going to be really fucking cool. Well, was Winter Soldier going to be in it or not? Yeah, I like, well, probably, I love yeah. that character. But see, now he's the, the he's the White Wolf now. And they, oh, were, they were saying right. at, yeah. the end, at the end, they had apparently prepped a title card that changes from... Falcon and the Winter Soldier to Captain America and the White Wolf, but for some reason they just they didn't do, they it. Didn't do it. So it's just Captain America and the Winter. But because he's not the Winter Soldier now, he's had that arc where he's yeah. But maybe the movie will um, kind of delve more into that yeah. and take on his new persona. Who knows? Awesome. Yeah, so I'm excited for that. That's very yeah. good. That was announced literally. They didn't wait. So that's that's, that's going to be a movie. Yeah, film. Wow. Theaters proper. It's been a while since they've done one. Well, really? yeah, Black Widow is going to be the next one, uh, but that's kind of Disney Plus and, and theaters as well. But Black Widow was supposed to come out last year. The Eternals was supposed to come out last year. Mm. Shang-Chi was supposed to come out last year, um, but the pandemic and everything. So it's been like Spider-Man, Ju- July 2019 was the last Marvel film in a cinema. Yeah. Yeah. So oh. we're getting Black Widow in a couple of months. Then we're going to get Shaun-Chi and The Eternals at the end of this year. So Cap so. 4, what's that going to be? Two years' time? Probably, maybe? yeah, I would imagine a couple of years down the line. 2013? Yeah, 2013. 
2023 or something like that. So, yeah, that'll be good. But I imagine because what they did, because obviously he gets the shield at the end of Avengers Endgame and then this next one he's Captain America, I reckon that would have been the original plan if they hadn't done all these Disney Plus stuff. Mm. So these are just like supplement shows, obviously, where you get to delve more deeply into him struggling with picking up the shield and taking on that mantle. Whereas I feel like that's why this show is so good. Did you get to doubt? Because they wouldn't have done that in a film. No, and if they right. did, I would have brushed over it. Yep. But I feel like... They've set it up. Yeah, they set up so well. Yeah. I feel like if they'd just gone straight into a movie, it would have been like, oh, he's now Captain America. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but this show just served that purpose to be like... And it would, would have shown you sort of little clips of yeah, how probably. it happened and whatever. Yeah, but anyway, so yeah, Cap 4 has joined a long roster of Marvel films that we can get excited for soon. Could you imagine the... the um I suppose the, the the logistics of having to change everything around and move move Crazy, with man. the with the pandemic yeah. and all that yeah. sort of shit. Yeah, God, that would have done you fucking. Well, Wonder Vision. They were saying that that last episode. You know how that last episode was all over yep. the place. Like they were editing that like four days before it went on Disney Plus. Oh, really? Yeah. So last minute they were still just fucking going with it. And I imagine the same probably happened with Captain. Like they would have had to cut that really fine, That's wow. particularly because apparently. Um, uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier, they had filmed most of it before the pandemic shut them down. Mm. Um, so then they obviously had to go back and rewrite it and probably reshoot 50% of it. You can sort of see it too. You yeah. can see where, the, where they had freedom and where they were yeah. in lockdown and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, crazy. When you know, when you know, yeah, when you yeah, know yeah. that that's happened, you can say, oh, yeah, that was done during yeah. lockdown and that was done. Yeah. Anyway, but yeah, so that was great, and I'm looking forward to Cap 4. Mm. We've also started For All Mankind on Apple TV+. And I'm enjoying, enjoying Very good. that. We're like we done three episodes? Three, three shows, yeah. And three episodes. Yeah. They're really long. They're like an hour and five minutes each. Yeah. Um, but it's very good. It's like a alternate take on the space race where Russia lands on the moon first. Yeah. And sort of what would have happened had Russia landed on the moon first. Um, the, the, I think the premise of the show is what happens if the space race never stopped? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And I believe, because there's two seasons so far, I believe it pushes like right into the future and shows like this alternate history of space travel and sp- space exploration. They'll probably go right up to setting up a... Oh, I don't know because I haven't yeah. gotten that far, but I reckon they'll probably finish up setting up a station on the... I think that's where it goes. They set up like a moon, moon base. Yeah. I believe that's where it goes. And then they try and push. I don't know. I'm not too sure, but I I understand that's where that's the direct because it starts very traditional. Yeah, it starts like we've watched from the Earth to the Moon. We've watched the yep. right stuff, um, which are obviously um, films series about the um, about the Apollo missions. Um, so it very starts very much like yeah, one of those exactly. things where it's like, but then it takes that turn. And even the first like two episodes feel very much like it's telling this kind of. Um, what would be like a true to life story? Yeah, like even that's the right. second episode, even the well, the, two, the three we've watched, it's still drawing on actual things that happened. Um, and all the characters there, like you know, yeah, Buzz Aldrin yeah, and, they're all there. But then yeah, I think right. as the show pushes a bit further out, it starts to become a bit more science fictiony and fantastical. Yeah. So I'm interested to see where it goes. Yeah, um, no, I'm, so I'm, yeah, I'm sort of hooked. Yeah, me too. I'm excited to see where it goes. Anyway, we have also got a. Oh no. Try again. Oh no! Oh, I changed the I changed the sound effects. I put this. Uh, uh, <laughs> I su- I was supposed to change. 
shite and Alright, alright, alright. With a and uh this week <laughs> And I accidentally changed the Deadwood one. Hang on, give me a minute. Hey, have, I got, have I got the whip still on my phone? <laughs> oh gosh, yeah. Hang on, hang on, hang on. I've got sound effects on hang my on, computer. Oh, I've got it, I've got it, I've got it, I've got it here. You ready? One, two, three. Got it. Sort of. Well, sort of. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, that was funny. Um, but that is sort of an apt sound effect. Yeah, exactly right. <laughs> a Deadwood update. We watched one this week. We've been doing Yeah, we watched one. We, we did our Tuesday. We've been we did vigilant. Our Tuesday. Yeah, did our Tuesday Deadwood. Yep. Um, someone actually messaged me this week. So uh, Sam... Sam's done it to us. He's Sam, guilted us. Yeah, he's loving the shout-outs, apparently. Is um, he? Yeah. G'day, Sam. How you doing, mate? G'day, Sam. How's uh, the family? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Ooh, he's a family man now, Sam. Yes, he yeah. is. Fantastic. Congratulations, Sam. Yeah, good that. on him. Absolutely fantastic. Um, we got a, a, a Twitter message from Connor Ryan, who's been a long-time viewer and listener. Um, this was on t- Tuesday afternoon. It was just a message on Twitter that said, watched your weekly Deadwood yet? <laughs> no. when, when was that? Tuesday that was afternoon. Tuesday afternoon. I said no. Unfortunately, that's tonight. Yeah, yeah, that's tonight. So we've watched like what four episodes four of this episodes season? Of we've third got season. we've got eight left. Yeah, plus the movie. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so it's not bad. I mean, I, it's better than the second season, I think. Yeah, but it's still slow and boring, and I nothing like, and nothing really happens. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like we were saying, I think it was the same last week that. Yeah. You know, you get one episode where, um, you know, Sheriff yeah, yeah. beats the shit out of, <laughs> out of Swearage and in the next episode it's like nothing's happened. Nothing it's, happens, yeah. There's moments, there's little moments where you're like, oh, this is good. Yeah, and exactly And it just right. never goes anywhere. Yeah, you sort of, they, it's almost like they're building to something. Yeah. And then it takes a left turn and yeah, it's it almost forgotten. out. We've got Brian Cox is in the series now. Yeah. He's kind of come in as like this character. He's just kind of come from... Oh, who can we get to try and save yeah. him? <laughs> <laughs> who can we get to try and save uh, the series? So... But no, it's... Yeah. Um, I'm enjoying it. It's it's, it's okay. It's, it, you know, the world's worst manager was right. You've got to watch one, one, one episode a week. A week. It's, better, it's better. I feel like the pacing's better if you watch one yeah. a week instead of trying to binge it. You can't yeah. binge this program. No. Don't even try. It's not a binge show. It mm. is traditional television, one a week. That's how it works. The world's worst manager for those who are just fairly new is yeah, yeah. one of Dave's mates who's always said that he's Dave's manager. He's self-appointed manager. He's a self-appointed yeah. manager and we just call him ja- – his name's Jackson. Yeah, Wacko Jacko. Wacko Jacko me. and we uh, we um, just call him the world's worst manager because yeah. he does – like I said, oh yeah, exactly. Like I said, Wang well, has been designing some stickers for me. Oh, has he? Yeah, oh. which we're going to try and launch as some merch, which awesome. is exciting. Yeah, some pretty cool things. So I am appreciative of that. Thank you very much. Like yeah. We like to hang shit on him. He's a great yeah. bloke. Yeah. Really nice bloke. Wow. Well, <laughs> some would argue. Well, I always like to say he's the kind of manager you find out the back of like a, a laundromat for five cents. So. <laughs> Bit like yeah. Saul. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> No, he's good. He's great. So I'm looking forward. He's he's been doing some work on some stickers. I'm very yeah, excited. Yeah. So his about that. his suggestion was watch one a week. Yeah, and it has been working. It's worked. And those who are just new, we've been trying to watch this show for ever since it started. Yeah. Back in two thousand. Yeah. One or Where two. Whatever it was. It was. And we started it three times, and now this is the third finally. time. Now we're finally getting finally through doing it. it. We're getting there. And we'll we've get through it. We will eight, get through it. This eight time. episodes in a movie. Eight Woo-hoo! episodes in a movie. The movie's going to be the killer. I know. 
I don't I don't know if it's a long film. I'm hoping it's only like a it's only a TV movie, so I'm hoping it's only like 90 minutes long. Check it out. Deadwood the movie, I think it's called. <laughs> Deadwood, there it is. Deadwood the movie. Check it out. 2019. Um it's got a 7.4. Oh, yeah, yeah, but the series has got a good How long does it go for? Um up the top just under hour, hour 50. Fuck. Two hours. It's like two Deadwoods back to back. 110 minutes. Fuck off. <laughs> That's all right. We'll get through it. It's prob- uh, it's, the movie's probably good. Well, hopefully. We'll see. We'll find out. We'll get there in, in nine weeks. Yeah. Well, we're celebrating episode 40. Just before the celebration episode 40, we'll get to oh, it. Oh, shit. Yeah. How's that? How's that? Maybe we'll, maybe we'll take a week off between the series and the film and we can celebrate... Episode 40 with the final <laughs> Deadwood update. <laughs> yes. It's worked out beautifully. There you go. <laughs> that's, oh, a good, that's a good idea. That's a good idea. Let's we'll do it. That. We'll do it. Okay. Um, more television that we've been watching. We can talk about this now. Um, we've been watching Mythic Quest, which was that Apple TV Plus show. Well, we watched it a couple of weeks back. Um, they just about to launch season two, which goes on uh, Apple TV Plus on April 7th. Um, the first, the premiere, I think there's going to be two episodes up and then there's going to be one week, one episode a week for like the next eight weeks uh, or seven weeks. I think there's nine episodes to the season. Um, we binged through season one and season two a couple of weeks ago um, because Apple was able to organise... Jesus was good. Uh, Apple was able to organise an interview for me with uh, one of the leads, Charlotte Nickdale, who's an Australian actress. Um, oh, fucking such a good show. We can talk about season two now because yep. the embargo's yep. lifted. Um, and man, season two is even was, better than the first. Yeah, exactly right. So good. The, so season two, uh, sorry, season one. That's like any any series. The all the um all the actors and characters yeah. are sort of trying to f- work out where they mm. fit with each other. Season yeah. two, they've worked it out. Yeah, definitely. They all and work it's a so fabulous well. Series, yeah. Um, if anyone doesn't know about this, I had I'd heard about this. Uh, but I thought it was like some sort of fantasy show, and it was one of those things where I was like, "Oh, I'll get around to it one day, maybe if I can be bothered finding out what it's yeah. about." Uh, but after Apple reached out and they're like, "Can you check out this show if you haven't already?" And you know, we can line up an interview for you. Um, so I was like, "I'll check it out." Fuck, it's so good. It's like it's like a yeah. sitcom. They they make this game, which is kind of like an open world kind of like um, strategy. I don't know what the fuck you call them. Kind of war, war of Warcraft, yeah. World of Warcraft sort of game, um, and um, it's called Mythic Quest, the game that they're building, and it's just kind of about these these game engineers, it's like a designers, Middle Ages, yeah, like yeah. A Middle Ages, but like a fantastical, yeah, sort of kind of like thing. pretty much what war, I don't know, I don't know what Warcraft is, and we're gonna try and sound like I know what I'm talking no. about. Anyway, so it focuses on this team of people who are creating a game, which is like the creator, uh, the writer. Uh, the the test the game testers yep. and just everything down to like the people who design the graphics and then there's their boss who's trying to run everything and everyone's just like it's like a ragtag mm. team of just mm. idiots. Um, it's so much fun and this second season is funnier than the first. Yep. So funny. It's got <coughs> pardon me. There goes me coughing now. Uh, Rob McElhenney is in it, who is yep. in um always sunny um always, always sunny, sunny in, in Philadelphia. Philadelphia. Um, and a couple of the other people from that show are in this as well. I think the showrunners are the same showrunners from Always Sunny. So if you like that show, I know you like this. We mm. haven't watched Always Sunny yet, but no, that's kind of it's like 15, gotta, 16 seasons. Got to have a look at it. Yeah, we don't have any of it. Do we? It's on Amazon. Is it? It's all on Amazon. No, Fair we didn't. Enough. We didn't. But I don't think we own any of it. So I'll have to check it out on Amazon. 
Um, but yeah, it's very, very good. And there's these two episodes in the middle of this season which are just so good. And if you know anything about the first season, there's one random episode in the middle of the first season which doesn't focus on the main characters. It's like a standalone episode. Yeah, that was a bit bizarre. Um, wasn't it? Yeah, but then it kind of ties yeah. in. It kind of ties in in the end. Yeah. It's kind of like a payoff. Yeah. So the second season doesn't as does it as well. There's a standalone episode yep. uh, which focuses on one of the characters in this series, um, and it's so good, so good. And I don't want to say too much, but F. Murray Abraham delivers an incredible performance in what is this stupid comedy program. F. Murray delivers like Amadeus-level performance. It is so fucking good. And there's a cameo in here uh, who comes in for an episode, first-class, A-list cameo, who is terrific in it as well. I don't want to spoil it, but it is so good. And I love it. I love this program. Yeah. You have to check this out. It is fabulous. Yeah, so get on that if you're not onto it. There's only like all up there must only be like uh, 20 episodes because I did two nine-episode seasons and two special shows in the middle. Mm-hmm. Uh, but so good. So good. I loved it. Um, yeah, really good show. So Get, get on it. Get on it. Um, as I said, the wonderful team over at Apple TV here in Australia reached out to me um, and said, hey, Dave, would you mind – Checking out, have you checked out Mythic Quest? We can line up an interview for you. Um, and they managed to get me an interview, as I said earlier, with Charlotte Nickdale, who is an Australian actress who's one of the leads in the show. She plays Poppy Lee, um, and she's like, what's kind of her role? Sort of game designer, sort of. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So she's designing yeah. the game alongside Rob McElhenney's character, yep. um, Iron. In this in the series, <laughs> Iron. His name's Ian, but everyone calls him Iron. Because <laughs> that's what he that's what he called himself. Yeah, yeah. tells me what his his name his is. name is. Um. Oh, so man. anyway, so um, she is again one of the, the the leads in the show, and I got a really awesome opportunity to chat with her a couple two or three weeks ago. But you now. didn't know you were going to get that one because you were you were supposed to do some other. Well, firstly, they it? said they were going to try and get me Rob and Charlotte, and yep. then they were booked up with um, obviously other interviews. And then it was like, we can get you interviews with the rest of the cast. And then the whole thing kind of fell apart. And then the next week uh, they reached back out to me and they were like, we can get you an interview with Charlotte. I was like, yes, please. Fantastic. That'd be awesome. awesome. Yes, please. So anyway, we're going to play it in full. It's only like a five minute interview. I've got five minutes with her. Um, Apple tried to get me more time. Yeah, They're like we really wanted to try and get you like ten minutes, and they couldn't. They couldn't get me more than five because how it works usually is I will deal with the Australian team. The Australian team will then liaise with the American team, and the American team is who calls the final yeah. shots. So essentially, it's like me putting in a request, who, and then they have to put in a request for yeah. me as well, and then it's either denied or approved by the US arm, mm-hmm. and by the sounds of it. They pushed very hard for me to get an interview with Charlotte. I think particularly because she's Australian, and they wanted some sort of uh, like Australian representation in their marketing. Um, so they came to me and asked me to do the interview, which is so good. Cool. And I'm so appreciative of just how, how it just sounded like they pushed really hard for me to get yeah, this. Nice. I really appreciate that. They've been really good, haven't they? They've been a fantastic. They've Apple been really TV. good. So um, let's have a listen. Here we go. Awesome. Hi, Charlotte. I'm Dave. I'm calling in from Melbourne this morning from Dave Lee Down Under YouTube channel. Hi, Dave. Um, congratulations on the second season of Mythic Quest. It is absolutely fantastic. Thank you so much. Uh, this season is 
funnier than the last, uh, but it's also a lot more dramatic as well. I was surprised how um, how deep the series could get with its storylines. Um, it, it's an absolute testament to how beautifully written the show is and how fantastic the cast is. Um, a lot of the characters, including Poppy, get some really serious character development. It's a very character-driven series, uh, season in particular. Um, how was it for you to get to return to this world again and explore your character on this deeper level? I mean, I, through season one and then again through season two, I just feel so lucky to be part of a show that uh, takes so many risks in the way that it, it's telling a story. Because I think, you know, at its heart, the show is a workplace comedy. So it's got a lot of the sort of familiar stories and characters that we recognise from the sorts of shows that you watch to uh to feel like you're hanging out with your friends, you know, when you need a bit of warmth. Um, but then at the same time, there is there, as you say, there are these dramatic beats and these grounded moments that these characters go through that are very real and I think very relatable. And um, one of the things that I loved coming back this season, uh, getting to play with, uh, with Poppy, is this idea of success. Like what happens when you achieve success, when you get everything that you've ever dreamed of and you haven't yet dreamed further um and so even though she's this sort of supernova coder as uh the game the lead programmer of the video game that she's helped to create that doesn't necessarily mean she's automatically going to be a great leader uh, and getting to play with the idea of this woman flailing through this new position was really really fun yeah there's some really fantastic dynamics there uh as well between um uh, poppy and iron as well how fun was that to kind of uh, to kind of play off of. Yeah, I mean, Rob McElhenney, who co-created the show with Megan Gans and is also plays Iron, um, is, I mean, he's a genius and he's like at the top of his craft. And like, I was already such a huge fan before I started working on this show. And so getting to come into work every day and bounce off of, um, of Rob was a dream come true. Um, and then I think, you know, the the added blessing of the fact that we both get along really well. And so, you know, it's hard to play such a chaotic dynamic without having a lot of trust in each other, uh, which meant that when we do get those sort of more grounded moments of getting to see Iron and Poppy's friendship uh, beyond their bickering, um, there's a lot of heart in that. And, and I think we draw from our own friendship when we play those scenes. Yeah, you talk about kind of the relatability of this season um, and the, the great thing about it is it's kind of happening in real time and you're able to touch on things like the pandemic, uh, not only just in the two kind of mid-season um, specials, but throughout this season as well. It's like a, a real recurring theme. Um, what, do you, what do you hope that the, the fans of audiences kind of take away from the stories that are presented here in this season? I mean, I think when we created the quarantine episode last year, which was a very quick and um, I think authentic response to what was going on in the world, we really, we filmed that episode from home remotely a, a couple of months after um, the every everybody in the world uh, had to start staying home because of, you know, the COVID of it all. And... Um, and so that introduced this idea into the show that we were living in a, in a similar reality to the characters of the show. And it was really beautiful to see the response to that because I think while a lot of, uh, a lot of storytelling last year was about trying to reckon with um, you know, this thing that was going on in our world, what we really tried to do with that episode was acknowledge 
the loneliness that was happening as well as some of the funnier things that were happening over Zoom. And so coming back into uh, the this second season, we did this second special episode, Everlight, which is um, currently available, which is ultimately it's it's a bridge to get from that quarantine episode into season two uh but it's also just a celebration of hope which sounds a little bit corny but i honestly think it's i mean it's what i need right now and i really seeing the responses from from the audience has been really gratifying because i think that it's sort of touched on a lot of people need right now um and then going into the rest of season two we wanted to to some extent put um, the pandemic behind us. We just kind of figured that in a lot of ways, people were gonna be sick of hearing people talk about COVID. Um, and so I, I'm pretty sure throughout season two, we don't mention COVID at all. It's just something that informs the way that the characters have changed. And I know for me on a personal level, the past year has changed a lot of the ways that I see myself, that I see the people around me, that I see my job. And I think that you see that reflected in the ways that the characters have grown and continue to grow throughout season two. That's absolutely fantastic. Once again, thanks so much for your time, Charlotte. Um, I love the second, I love the entire show. You're fantastic on it. Absolutely everybody is fantastic on it. And uh, yeah, thanks again for your time today. I really appreciate it. Thanks so much. She's fantastic. Yeah, really good. Mm, she's really this great. looks completely yeah. different. Yeah, everyone says the same thing because I loaded a picture the other day, just like a screenshot of the interview, just said interview coming next week. And I had a couple of people going, wow, what? Yeah. It looks nothing like her, yeah. Well, I remember seeing you <clears throat> sort of editing it together yeah. in the other in the in the study the other yeah. day. And um and I had to ask you, who's that? Yeah. And you told me nothing, oh she doesn't look like her. Yeah. Crazy. And her accent's funny too, I think. Yeah, she's got that half Australian, half American. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that, that California sort yeah, of accent. Interesting. So sometimes she's because she's from Melbourne, isn't she? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, because you know, Melbourne we've got a mm. certain sort of accent in Melbourne. And um, so sometimes you hear that come out. Yeah. But then there's a little twang, yeah. little California. It's great. I love thing. it. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, she was fantastic to speak to. And it's always great when you get someone who gives you good answers. Yeah, yeah she was fan- fan- really good. fabulous. Yeah. I had heaps of questions that I wanted to ask her. If I'd gotten extra time, it would have been, it oh, been yeah. great. But, um, but yeah, sometimes... Sometimes you just because their schedules are so packed, yeah. you, know, you can't get any more time. Yeah. Uh, but that was awesome. I really appreciate the time I did get with Charlotte. Mm. And um, yeah, thanks to Apple for organizing that and yeah. for pushing for me to get that. Yeah, good. And uh, hopefully. What do- a gorgeous woman. Yeah, she's she's amazing. She's really, in, really in, amazing. In every, in every aspect. In every like aspect. That. Yeah, she's, got, she's so good to speak to. Really fantastic. Yeah. So I do appreciate that. Thank you so much to Apple again. And check out Mythic Quest, please. Yeah, it's Like, fa- I'm not it's just fantastic. saying this because no. I'm plugging the show for Apple or anything. Like, they didn't give me, they didn't tell me I needed to review it or anything. They just wanted me to interview Charlotte. But fucking hell, this show is really fucking yeah, good. Yeah, it's one of the best, one of the best sitcoms. Yeah. For years, I reckon. Yeah. Yeah. So season one, if you haven't seen it, get on it, smash it out. Season two, again, starts on Apple TV on April 7th. Again, first to, uh, the premiere is the first two episodes, and then uh, there's one more in the following each week after yep. that. So yep. there you go. Um, Love it. Love it. Look, we'd usually play shite or all right at this point, but... Oh, what are you doing to me? But I don't want to risk, like, overdoing it. I want to try and... Shot or all right burnout. Yeah, I don't want to burn everyone out on it because people are enjoying it, and I don't want to burn it out. So what I want to do is to try and kind of introduce... A few 
new kind of different games every now and then. Okay. We can rotate, but we got a special one this week. Okay, um, I'm calling this one. Well, I won't tell you what I'm calling it. Firstly, I'll tell you what this is kind of on the back of. I don't know if you really heard about this, but for some time, um, both Citizen Kane, which mm-hmm. is long heralded as the greatest movie of all time, right? Debatable. Um, <laughs> Citizen Kane and Paddington Two. Mm-hmm. are like the two top movies on Rotten Tomatoes, both with 100% ratings, which, again, if you don't understand how Rotten Tomatoes works, it's a very simple system where people don't write reviews for Rotten Tomatoes. Rotten Tomatoes basically cobbles up reviews from accredited critics. Yep. And of which one you are? Oh, of which one I am, yes. Uh, yes. Yeah. Well, of which one you are, yes, that's correct. Um so they cobble up all these reviews from their accredited of which critics. One you, of which one? No, that's correct. Are you? Oh, whatever. You are. You are. Of which you are one of, that's you could it. say. That's it. Um, that's what I was trying to think of. <laughs> God's sake. Anyway, so they cobble up all the reviews and I think I think it's something like anything like below, I don't know, it depends on what your rating is. It can either be a fresh or a rotten rating. So if it's good rating, it's fresh. Yep. If it's rotten, it's rotten. So when I submit mine, I can give a star rating and I also select whether it's a fresh or rotten. Yeah. So they weigh it up and the percentage just reflects how many reviews are positive. Right, okay. So if Citizen Kane and Paddington to a 100% on Rotten Tomatoes, that means 100% of the ratings have been positive. positive. Right. So then if you get a 50%, that means... 50% of the reviews are positive, 50% of the reviews are, are negative. Right? Yep. So it's based, right. It's always based on that po- how many positive ratings there are on the website. Okay. So essentially every review for Citizen Kane and Paddington 2 is positive up until recently. Oh, Rotten Tomatoes no. dug up an 80-year-old review for Citizen Kane published in 1941, which was a negative review, and has taken Citizen Kane down to 99%. Why would they do that? Don't know. <laughs> Don't know. Maybe somebody, maybe the the administrators think, oh, I hate that film. That's yeah. It can't be number so one. So this was a review that, again, came from a, a newspaper from 1941, which was when the film was released. It was written by Matinee, which is apparently a pseudonym that was used a lot in film reviews. Oh, really? Matinee. Matinee, yeah. yeah. Um, so anyway, the review read, Citizen Kane fails to impress critic as greatest ever filmed. Because even then, even when Citizen Kane first opened, people were saying this is the best movie that's ever been made. Yeah. And that's why that forever, Citizen Kane, people have looked at that as, oh, yeah, it's the greatest movie ever made. Because people can't think for themselves. Yeah, exactly right. People are more, especially, people are sheep. Especially when it comes to <laughs> film criticism. Yeah. Um, it is a fantastic like innovative film, uh, but it's you know, it's not the best film ever made, no. in my opinion, anyway. No. Um, uh, well, yeah, there was a little bit more. Um, you've heard a lot about this picture, and I see by the ads that some experts think it's the greatest movie ever made. I don't. It's interesting. It's different. In fact, it's bizarre enough to become a museum piece, which it has become 80 years later. Really? Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, but its sacrifice of simplicity to eccentricity robs it of distinction and general entertainment value. Fucking spot on. Mm. Eighty years ago, someone has watched that and gone, "Yeah, no, nah, I don't, I don't get all <laughs> the fucking hype." <laughs> somebody could think for themselves back then. Yeah, 
This yeah. is my, this is I feel like this is like my previous life. Yeah, I've sat there yeah. and gone, this isn't that fucking good. Yeah. <laughs> Technically, brilliant achievement. Oh, for its time, yeah, exactly. For its right. time. Um but I, I feel it with a lot of films. Yeah. Because because somebody because some critic says it's good, yeah, people yeah. believe it has to be good. Yeah, exactly right. And, and they think, Oh yeah, that was good. Citizen Kane is at the top of that. Two thousand one A Space yeah. Odyssey is another one. I'm going to get hung. Uh, but anyway, yeah, that's my opinions. So Rotten Tomatoes dug up this old review. There's now one negative review for Citizen Kane and 115 positive reviews that brings the, the rating down to 99% fresh. Mm. Still fresh, just not 100%. And now Paddington is the highest rated movie, considered the greatest movie of all time, Paddington <sighs> 2 on Rotten Tomatoes. So what I want to do today is I want to play a game called... Kane or Paddington 2. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so what I'm going to do is I've, I've gone through Rotten Tomatoes and I've dug up some reviews for both Citizen Kane and Paddington 2. Right. I'm going to give you a review from, uh, from both of them and you have to guess which one is, from is from Kane, Citizen which Kane, one's which one's from Paddington, yeah. Oh, God. Okay. Here so, we go. Here we go. You ready? First review, it is daring, different, thrilling, and revolutionary. A power play of startling brilliance. Okay, that's review number one. Now, mm-hmm. review number two, an oasis of gentility and niceness amid a world and cinematic landscape of increasing cynicism and narcissism. So, which is which? The first one's Paddington, the second one's Kane. Uh... Oh, hey, Ooh. wrong one. Yeah. <laughs> Wrong. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. the first one, Kane, it's daring, different, thrilling and revolutionary, a power play of startling brilliance, and Paddington, an oasis of gentility and niceness amid a world and cinematic landscape of increasing cynicism it's, and narcissism. It sounded, it sounded too obvious. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, next one. If more writers and directors respected their audience as redacted clearly does, the world's entertainment output would be significantly improved. And it's not an entertaining film, but it is also a deep... It's not only an entertaining film, but it's also a deeply heartfelt, thought-provoking and intelligent one too. Which one's Kane? Which one's Paddington too? Well, it sounds like Kane was the first one. But I'm going to say it's the other way. Paddington first and then Kane. Ooh. Correct, yes. So Paddington is uh, is a film that if more writers and directors respected their audience, uh, as the director of Paddington 2 clearly does, the world's entertainment output will be significantly improved. And Kane is not only an entertaining film, but is also a deeply heartfelt, thought-provoking and intelligent one as well. Yeah, so you'd think that you'd, you would think that was yeah. Paddington. Paddington, yeah. I've done, I've done it quite well here. Yeah. All right, another one? Another round? Yep. All right. It's a perfect film. A cinematic marvel that is humorous and heartfelt, suspenseful and sentimental, and witty without cynicism. Second one, I would say it's a great picture, but it is it is one of those things like the pyramids, which are impressive and definitely interesting to have seen, but one can have more fun than looking at the pyramids. Which mm. one's which? Jeez, it could be, but they go, both could be for either. Mm. Um, so is Paddington uh, a perfect film, a cinematic marvel that is humorous and heartfelt and suspense and sentimental and witty without cynicism, or is pa- or is Paddington likened to the pyramids of Egypt? Oh, I reckon the first one is Paddington. Yeah, 
Hey. Correct. Yeah, there you go. There we go. So Kane is likened to the pyramids, and uh, Paddington is a perfect film and a cinematic marvel. Do you want another round? Yeah, sure. I've got another more. one here. Yeah. Um, put Redacted on your absolutely must-see list. Whether you like it or not, it will be a film experience you won't soon forget. And a nearly perfect movie that thoroughly and genuinely, genuinely restores something we haven't seen a lot of lately, Childhood Wonder. Now, which is which? Keep in mind, Citizen Kane is about a guy who has repressed memories of his childhood and has to reconnect with himself um, in his older age as he was as a child. It goes back to Rosebud, yeah. the idea of his, his sled when he was a child. Just read the Spoilers. first one again. First one is put redacted on your absolutely must-see list. Whether you like it or not, it will be a film experience you won't soon forget. Or a nearly perfect movie that thoroughly and genuinely restores something we haven't seen a lot of lately, Childhood Wonder. Which is which? Kane first, Paddington second. Correct. Yeah, you got it right again. Well done. Three out of four. There you go. So Kane is an absolute must-see, and Paddington is uh, a childhood wonder, a perfect movie. Hmm. I've got one more. Should we just do... Actually, I've got two more. How many yeah, more do we do? Just do it. Just I'll do just it. fucking do it. I'm having fun. Okay, so an utterly charming, beautifully judged, and genuinely heartwarming tale of triumph of good over evil. And it can be classified as, in a number of aspects, one of the most arresting pictures ever produced. Which is which? Paddington then Kane. Hey! Yay! Got it again! Yeah, so Paddington is uh, utterly charming, beautifully judged, genuinely heartwarming, triumph of good over evil, and Kane uh, can be classified as one of the most arresting pictures ever produced. Uh, there you go. We've got go. one more. Here we go. Is he going to win one more? Uh, one says it is gloriously entertaining. The other says everything from the sweet, precisely melodramatic performances to redacteds, mile-a-minute setups and payoffs works like a charm. So which is which? Which is a gloriously entertaining classic and which is a mile a minute up, uh, 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 it's a sweet, precisely melodramatic film, blah, 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 blah. Which is which? Kane then Paddington. Oh! You got them all except for the first one. There you go. Awesome. There you go. So God. Yeah, very well. It's, it's funny. You can... Choose either, almost any of those for, for yeah. any of the film. Yeah, either of the films. So there you go. Padding, Paddington Two is our number one. Is our new greatest movie of all time. Oh God! There you go. So that's our game this week. Kane or Paddington Two? <laughs> <laughs> Got to find another name if you want to do that with the two other yeah. films. Yeah. Down the track. But it's a good one. Let us know if you enjoyed that game. Yeah, it's uh, good. Shider, all right. We'll return, but we want to get mixing up with a few other games. Yeah. Anyway, we've had... We have the world's worst manager under that. Yeah, we will. He's, he's given me a few, but I just forget them. Yep. So, now the fun's out of the way. Yep. I'm a bit mad this week. Oh, no. Dave's pissed off. Yeah. <sighs> you could talk about the Oscars. Os- I was going to say the Oscars. Which yeah. One? Yeah. Uh, fucking hell. What a clusterfuck. Oh, it wasn't it shit. Mm-hmm. We sat, we sat, sat there watching it together and I thought, oh, my God. Didn't they fuck that up? Fucking disaster, man. Yeah. I love the... I don't know. I've always enjoyed watching the Oscars. When I was younger, I loved it. I used to like come home. I'd like avoid everything for the day. 
it was easier when I was a kid because there's no social media or any of that shit. Yeah, I would just right. avoid the radio yeah. when I got home from school yeah. or avoid going on the on IMDb mm. uh, when I got home from school. And then at night I would watch because they'd play the telecast in the evening and I'd watch it then. Um, and then these days, obviously, if I'm not home, I have to avoid fucking everything. I just have to stay off your phone for a day until you get home. You can watch it. This year, luckily, I was at home. I could watch it live. I work from home. So I could watch it live. I wasn't planning on watching it live. I was going to... Um, because I've got my TV on my desk in my study, uh, so I can stream stuff to the television or yeah. the, the, the yeah. monitor. Um, so I stream straight to that, and I was going to have that playing sort of on the side while I was doing work, kind of like what I did with the Golden Globes this year. Mm-hmm. But I sat on the couch. I thought I'll watch the beginning, and then I'll kind of go and whatever. I just got stuck on the couch the whole day, yeah, watching exactly. the whole three hours of it, watching tripe on the couch for three. <sighs> I'm not a huge fan of the Oscars anymore. Um, because I always feel like 90% of the time, the movies that have this Oscar buzz, I just don't enjoy. They're yeah. always like really pretentious, Oscar baity kind of movies, and they're just not the kind of things that me or you yeah, 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 exactly. are particularly into. And 90% of the time, True Your Life, yeah. 90% of the time, we'll watch a movie and we'll be like, I get what all the fuss is about. So I've, the last yeah. few years, I've soured over the Oscars. But you look back the 90s, the early 2000s, um, movies like fucking Gladiator and Braveheart and The Lord of the Rings and The Departed and all these great movies were always up for awards. Yeah. I feel like the Academy has moved away from that kind of... Maybe cinema's moved away from that kind of thing as well. It's more kind of uh, celebrating like the big pomp and pretentious yeah, yeah, films yeah, yeah. and shit like that. So... My my relationship with the Oscars is a bit like this, but it's still the big... And they lobby for the shit too, don't they? They do lobby, yeah. Um, but that's how it's always worked. Yeah. The studios lobby for their awards. So yeah. if you're just a guy who's made like a really great independent film, it's, it could be the best movie of the year. If you haven't lobbied for that, yeah. you're not going to get a nomination. Yeah. Um, and they throw millions of dollars into that. Like they could spend the budget of the film on right. the Oscar... On, yeah. on the Oscar campaign, yeah. publish print ads in like Variety and Hollywood Reporter and big mm. fucking billboards and they'll send um, for your um, consideration things around to everyone mm-hmm. and they just spend a shitload of money just trying to yeah, yeah. get, you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, so anyway, it's still the big movie day of the year and I still watch it and I still kind of get a little involved. I never do any of like the prediction shit or any of that because half the time I've only watched like 30% of the movies going yeah, into yeah. it and it's just one of those things I, I'm happy to watch. I'm happy to watch as fucking Brad Pitt prances around on the stage or, you know, watch Natalie Portman sitting in the audience and just the yeah, whole the, the yeah. glitz and glamour yeah. of it all. I just I enjoy that that aspect of it. Sometimes I watch the – more recent years I haven't been watching the red carpet, but I used to watch the red carpet and then the whole thing. Anyway, um, so this year it started really well. Started really well because of the pandemic and everything. They didn't do it in the um, in the big theater on Hollywood Boulevard. They did it in they did it at the train station. Train station, yeah, that's right. Um, one of the the train stations in LA in like a ballroom, really gorgeous venue, mm. and um, they had like tables set up. It was almost like a like it was like a, a dinner party. Yeah, it was like of, a dinner yeah, thing, yeah. except people weren't actually having dinner. Yeah, they were rotating guests out all night. Yeah, so depending on whether you were relevant, relevant to, that to that section award. or that award that was coming yeah. out. You would get filtered in. The big people, like the 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 the, the people who are up for like the actress awards and the actor awards and the directing and the best picture and stuff, they were there, I believe, the whole time. But everyone else was kind of yeah, just moved in and out all night as they were needed. Mm. Um, but it was really 
Um, really, really well set up. They got straight into it. There was no host again this yeah. year um, because two years ago, well, they've always struggled with the host, and the host is always shit. It's always the worst part. Unless it's Ricky Gervais. Well, yeah, exactly <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, so the last two years they've done this thing where they do – well, last year they had rotating hosts, uh, but this year they kind of did that, but it was more so just people would come out and just do the awards without yeah. the host stuff. I thought it was good. Because within the first 10 minutes of the ceremony, you had an award given away. Within yep. 15 minutes, there were two awards given away, whereas usually you'd be waiting half an hour while the host is up there doing a fucking song and dance and yeah. doing stupid gags and shit uh, for half an hour. 10-minute Mono- monologue. Yeah, and, and the monologue and all that crap, which is always just shit. Um, but anyway, they got straight into the awards, which was great. I was loving it. The setup really reminded me of like the earliest Academy Awards, like the 1920s, where they would set up in a, a – it would be a ballroom. They'd all have tables and someone would stand up there and just fucking read out the, <laughs> read yeah. out the winners. Yeah. You'd come up, you'd take your award off the table, and that was yeah. it. Um, so it really reminded me of that. Felt really classic Hollywood. I even tweeted out where I was like, "Man, they should do the Oscars like this every single year because this is so good. It's so efficient. You cut all the bullshit out of it. You get straight into the awards. It's about the awards. It's about the people and the um, the the speeches. We're allowed that, to run longer. Uh, yeah, I, I noticed that. Yeah, too. because instead they, of getting the two minutes that yeah, they get before, because, a minute and a half, because they cut out all the bullshit, they people are actually able to go out there and. Give a, a proper speech, speech exactly which right. I thought was fantastic. I yeah. think this is great. But they weren't getting played off. They weren't, you know, Questlove there was the yeah, DJ yeah, instead yeah. of like yeah. an orchestra. I just thought the whole thing was really good. Then it took a fucking turn yeah, yeah. with about 40 minutes left to go where all of a sudden it was almost like they were like shit. King in the Crystal Skull sort of turn. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's almost like they went, fucking hell, we've got an hour left. Uh, what we're gonna? What have we? We've cut all the comedy bits. We've cut all this. We because they didn't have music performances either. They were That's all done right, beforehand. Yeah, yeah. There was like a music show they did before. It didn't air here. Mm. But all the because whenever they have like the, the best song category throughout the night, they will have um, the 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 artist come out and perform the song. Um, so throughout the night, yep. all the songs will get a performance. Yep. They did that like as a pre-show this year. So it's almost like they went fucking hell. We've cut everything out, and now we've got like an hour left. What can we do? Mm. They played a game. Oh, yeah, that was, wasn't was shit. And I don't know, like, I'm sure this was pre-planned, but it was so shit that it felt like they went, fuck, we need something here. Questlove, just make up a game, pull yeah. out some music and play yeah. something. What they did was like this, um, it was like a Questlove, they brought out um, Lil Ray Howery, who's a comedic actor, mm-hmm. and he came out um, and he and Questlove did like this little game which was like... Um, um, guess whether the tune that Questlove is playing is uh, won the Academy Award or was just nominated for Academy Award or wasn't nominated. Well, was the fuck the game yeah. was, yeah. yeah. Um, so they went around to people in the crowd um, and asked if they'd play a song. So, like, he'd play Purple Rain and then Lil Ray Howery would go and ask someone whether they thought won a song, won an award. It was just crap. Yeah. It's a crap, crap it's game. Just shit. Um, and just. Just the comedy of it all, it just brought back all that really shitty Oscars, Academy Awards, ceremony shit that they had cut out prior to this moment. Yeah. It was going so well until they went, fuck, let's bring a game into this. <laughs> they must have spent 10 or 15 minutes on this game. Oh, yeah, easy. It was easy 10 minutes. It just went on and on. And I'm talking to people like, what the fuck is this? I think I got up and walked out while yeah. I was gone, did something else. Crap, so crap. So then the wasn't, next wasn't good at all. So the next segment after that was the in memoriam. 
Oh, that pissed me off. They, that, that really pissed me do you off. Know, do you know how long they spent on the In Memoriam? I know. Three minutes. <laughs> oh, you're kidding. I should let you guess. <laughs> Three minutes. I saw it written there. Yeah. <laughs> that's, they, just, that's just bullshit. If you didn't, Absolute bullshit. If you didn't see this, this In Memoriam was played to an upbeat song. Yep. I can't remember what the song was, like a Stevie Wonder song or something like that, like a really upbeat kind of boppy, like jazzy yep. kind yep. of thing. Which didn't fit it, did not fit this in memoriam at all, because usually you've got sort of like a heartfelt slow and whatever. Um, and they went through the fucking the people. Exactly, well, it was going so quick. They'd have they'd have they'd have the the, the image of the uh-huh. um, the person of the person up with their name. Yeah, and they have a date. No, yeah, just usually name, like the birthday. Uh, yeah. yeah, and it was going so fast you couldn't look at the picture of the person and read their name. Yeah. You, you, you'd read the name, you'd look at them, and it was gone. Yeah. Shit, that was quick. Yeah. Some people were on there longer than others. But and did, go on. Some people were on there longer than others, but it wasn't always like they would stop and pause for someone that was really well-known. It was just really randomly done because well, they cut well, it to the music. You, yeah, if you, that's right. <clears throat> I was going to say, if you, look at, if you look at it, it was like it was like it was an automated like like yeah. all the images were yeah. were loaded up yeah and it was determined how long they yeah. would be on by the beat of the music yeah because when it was when the music was more upbeat they were going quicker yeah and when it slowed down a little bit they were up yeah, a bit it was longer. really slow so it was disgraceful it's just awful. it was a real fucking disgrace and all these people have spent yeah. their life yeah their life in that industry and mm-hmm. working their asses off and everything else yeah. and and producing stuff for you and I and yeah. everyone else to to look at. And they and they that they don't pay the due respect to them that they that they deserved. It was a fucking disgrace. It was awful, absolute terrible. Disgrace. And I mean, they could have pissed that game off, yeah. And actually, actually, had somebody compose some music for yeah. it, and and <clears throat> and spent ten minutes on it, yeah. Because there were heaps of people mm. pass away last year, oh, and a lot of them through COVID as of well. Them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You a lot know? of elderly people who yeah. who died through COVID, and then a lot of big stars died last year. Like a lot of the like the greats, the legends of the screen passed away last year as well because they're they're in their eighties yeah, yeah, yeah. or their nineties. Yeah, that's right. Um, and some of these people they didn't pause for and give you some time to acknowledge them. It's just like like Diana Rigg, <clears throat> who great yep. actress who that's was right. on the original Avengers series mm-hmm. and did so many great movies and stuff. Um, she passed away not long ago. Um. And she was one of the ones where they just like went straight through. It's like, yeah. what the hell are you doing? Yeah. They of course ended it with Sean Connery and Chadwick Boseman. Um, I, I personally think, like, I'm not. I don't believe there should have been any fucking order to this other than no, alphabetical. Exactly right. Exactly. It should right. have been done alphabetically from the beginning. It should you always don't, be done. That you way. don't put anyone else above no. anyone else. Um, and the way they did it they're, they're, is, is like they're saying that you know. Because he's an on-screen actor, he was yeah. more important yeah, than yeah, the yeah. person that wrote the yeah, yeah. wrote the words he speaks. Mm. Yeah, and you which, had people like which if if that person wasn't if if they didn't have a good mm. script writer, you know, Sean Connery or yeah, whoever, right. you had wouldn't have the words to speak on. Ennio Morricone died last year, and he composed some of the greatest. You compare, you talk about how fucking prolific John Williams is. He's got almost nothing on Ennio Morricone and his films, you talk about fucking Western films, spaghetti Westerns from Italy, dramas from Hollywood, weird science fiction films, things that you never heard of. Mm. 
he did the soundtrack to The Good, The Bad and The Ugly and um, The Mission, iconic soundtracks. Mm. He died last year. He was one of the ones I just fucking went, yeah, fuck, next, next. Like, what the fuck? When you're talking about that guy um, and and you look at the sort of music that he would have been producing because because there's such a variety of type Mm. of films that he was writing them for, you know, westerns and whatever. And then you look at Williams. Yeah. His name? John, John Williams. John Williams, yeah. Um, you can tell his music. You can, you, Absolutely, yeah. You, and, and Randy, what's his name? Randy, Randy Newman. Randy Newman's yeah. the same. If it's a Randy Newman yeah. mm-hmm. soundtrack, exactly you right. know it. Iconic style. Exactly. Style. But I reckon, what's his name? Sorry. I'd, Morricone. Morricone. Yeah. Well, I don't think you'd be able to pick if that's his music or not from... Because there's to be so Western, this be Western yeah. music. I think, be... I think I agree. I personally couldn't pick out one of his scores, but once you know he's written it, like it's one of those. He's, I think he's one of those composers where you listen to the music, you're like, "This is fucking gorgeous." Who wrote this? And you look at it and you go, "Fuck, of course it was yeah, Morricone." Right, okay. um, but what he says, so so yeah. So what I'm saying is, you get that sort of thing, yeah. and then you get a Williams, yeah. Or, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, where he's got this iconic style yeah. that he brings and you through can, everything. You can yeah, tell yeah. there's a certain sound to what yeah. they're producing every time. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so, but this is a guy that has just been so influential. He's won, I don't even know how many Academy Awards. I think he's like um, one of the top, along with John Williams, to have won the most amount for sound, for score. Um, and they just brushed past him. That's so, incredibly gross. influential person. Um, but again, he's probably not someone who would be known as well to main, I guess, people now as John Williams or Randy yeah. Newman or whatever. But he deserved because he's been working his ass off for so long, mm. um, and then got brushed off like that. So I, there should have been like a um, alphabetical order. Put in an alphabetical order. Leave everyone up there for the exact same amount of time. You know, show that respect. Yeah, exactly right. To end, Sean Connery. Chadwick Boseman, again, I'm not a fan of ordering anyone, but if you're going to order people, Sean Connery uh, before Chadwick Boseman? No, I, I would have had Sean Connery. I, lo- I love them both. I love them both. I love Chadwick Boseman. I love everything he did in his career. Black Panther, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, his performance in that, The Five Bloods, everything he did was incredible and to and that he performed so powerfully through that cancer. Yep. Insane, yeah. But this guy had such a short, such a small, such window. a small window compared yeah. to Sean Connery, whose life spent yeah, exactly 60, 60, 70 60 years, years performing in films, and you put him before. And the thing that pisses me off about that is because they tried to make the whole night about Chadwick Boseman, and it was just yeah. really fucking disgusting, and you could tell. Yeah, and exactly. I was watching this thing going, you know where they're going with this in memoriam, you know. And yeah, when exactly I saw right. Sean Connery well, come up, you'd said that. I said, I can, I guarantee, guarantee I, I, said, who, I, guarantee I know what's happening here. Yeah. And they put Chadwick Boseman at the end. I understand it. Like, it's terrific. I love him. And I was so, I was devastated when he, when he passed away. But I was devastated when Sean Connery passed away as yeah, well exactly. because he's a guy who I've watched for my whole life in yeah. all of his films. Yeah. Um, and to, again. And it's, it's just the body of work. Like, the body, yeah. the body of work that, that, Con, that Connery has produced yep. um, compared to, to, to Chadwick. And, you know, we're not saying that. One actor was better than the other, or yeah. anything like that. It's just purely and simply the fact that Sean Connery spends so many years yeah. and has got such a large body of work. Yeah. Well, I'm looking here. He's done. You know, I, I, 
He's done ninety three. He did ninety three films in his in his career. It's, uh, insane. So what I what I'm saying, what we're trying to get at, is the way that the Academy decided to put people over other people. Exactly right. Is yeah. just a fucking disgrace. Yeah. And the way that they tried to make this symbol out of Chadwick Boseman for the entire ceremony was fucking sickening. Yeah. And I noticed from that moment, I was like, this is not going well. Yeah. Because, fucking hell, the next thing, right, they mixed up a lot of these the categories. Best director was like the third or fourth one that they handed out, yep. which is usually one of the last ones. It's usually like the fourth last one they do, best director, Best actor, best actress, um, or best, best actress, then best actor, then best picture. Yeah. And they mixed it up. And everyone's like, oh, they mixed it up a bit this year. It's not bad. It's pretty good. It's just a little bit fresh. Uh, but then once you realise what they were doing, mm. when they put that best perform- uh, the best picture came third, last. That's right. You realise, I know where they're fucking going with this. Yeah, exactly. <sighs> so they had best dire- they had the best picture, then they did best actress, and then they did Best Actor. And obviously, it was obvious to everyone. I said to you, I said, I know what they're fucking doing here. Yeah. I said, it's either obvious that Chad, Chadwick Boseman has won this award and they're probably just giving it to him. Again, nothing against his his, uh, his performance, really? which is incredible yeah. in that film. Oh, it's great. Um, great but it, to me, I felt like, I feel like it's such an Oscars thing to give it to someone just because they passed away. Well, I sort of did it with Heath Ledger too. I did they? it exactly right Same with thing. Heath Ledger. So I thought because it happened I mean, with Heath Ledger, Heath performance oh, was fantastic, amazing, amazing. But but know, it's a thing, it it's a recurring it thing that the happens. Fact that they gave it to him because he it he is passed. it is it's one of well not necessarily they did that, but you get the feeling that that is part part of the reason it yeah. happened, and you felt like going into this that all right, it's probably going to happen this year. He's passed away. This is their last chance to honor him. I understand that, um, but then the way that they. They structured this whole ceremony around, around the fact that Chadwick. they believed that he was going to win. Yeah, they suckered right. people in to watch this ceremony with the belief that, oh, we're going to have a big payoff. Chadwick's going to win. We're going to pay this huge like tribute to him. It's going to be so fucking wonderful. They get to the end. Joaquin Phoenix comes out and announces best actor, and it's not Chadwick. <coughs> it's yeah, Anthony no. Hopkins. Anthony yep. Hopkins wasn't there. He was in Wales. This is fu- fuck it. This is funny. Ch- uh, Anthony Hopkins snuck around in Hollywood until he could get his vaccine, then fucked off back home to Wales. Yeah. <laughs> so good, I love it. So he's back home in Wales, um, and he was probably asleep at the time. It was like three or four a.m. over there at the yeah. time. Um, there was no acceptance speech for him, so they abruptly ended the show. Yeah, it was that's like right. uh, Waking Phoenix was like, and the winner is Anthony Hopkins. Uh, Anthony Hopkins isn't here. Uh, the Academy graciously accepts this award on his behalf. Good night. Thanks everyone. for watching. Good night. And that was it. Yeah. it. Just fucking ended. And then I think they went to Questlove, and it was almost like Questlove quickly wrap up the show. He's like, "Oh, thanks for watching the show, and yeah. whatever. Uh, see you later." <clears throat> oh, man, Twitter lit up. Did they? Did they? Did did um? They have a package put together for Chadwick Boseman. If I guarantee they did. I reckon they. I would've. guarantee they did. They had. Now, how it works is the Academy, the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences, they vote for the awards, uh, they vote for the winners, but no one in the Academy is privy to who's won. Mm. Um, ABC, in this instance, who's airing the show, produce it for television. Right. The producers of of the Oscars, the awards, the ceremony, the telecast, don't know the winners either. The only... There's only two people who know the winners and they're from the accounting firm that counts the ballots. 
The auditors, yeah. The auditors. Yeah. So they're the only two that know who's won. Yeah. So the ABC, whoever's been in charge of this, the producers, have gone into this going, yeah, Chadwick's going to win it. We'll get Chadwick. We'll do this. Whole, we'll turn the whole thing around. In their mind, they've probably gone, he's passed away. They're definitely going to give it to him as well. Yeah, Just exactly as everyone right. probably assumes is going to happen. Yeah. Again, not disrespecting his performance, which was fucking incredible in that film. Um, but everyone just kind of assumed he was going to win it for a variety of reasons. Mm. And he would have been deserving of it too. I haven't seen The Father, but from what I've heard from people who have seen The Father, I know Austin Burke, who I've had on a number yep. of times, really fantastic YouTuber, really great guy, good friend of mine. Um, that was his favourite film of this year, The Father. And mm. he said absolutely, totally deserving of that award. But I watched his... Um, he did like a reaction, like a live reaction thing, and even he was shocked. Anthony Hopkins won the award. Everyone thought Chadwick was going to win. Um, but he was like, yeah, it, it, this is deserving that Hopkins has won. Mm. Um, but it's shock. It's a shock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the ABC or whoever the ABC has hired to produce this whole thing has gone into it thinking he's going to win it. Let's just turn this whole show into Ch- to a thing about Chadwick, we're going to end on best pick uh, on on best actor. Chadwick's going to win. It's going to be like this big emotional moment. Probably some sort of package that they put together to honour his life. Um, they had his wife there and his parents apparently were there, ready on the wings to come out and accept the award, and he wasn't there. And some people are like, "How dare you bring these people out in the middle of a pandemic?" Exactly right. When it's not a fucking. Done it not a hundred percent, and they yeah. were sure of it. So um, the whole thing just fucking stunk, and everyone's yeah. like, "This is the tra- This is the dumpster fire." The whole thing. Twitter lit up all afternoon. People were just ragging on the academy and the producers, and no one was. I think people got a little bit confused. Some people thought everyone was trying to hang it on Anthony Hopkins for winning over Chadwick and not being there and not accepting the award, but that's not what it was about. That's the the but whole. Did- but didn't he ask for a spot? Didn't yeah, he ask for a spot? Yeah, I was getting to that. He had... Fuck it hell, man. Let me find this. Um, IndieWire um, reported uh, that Hopkins and his agents had requested a, a Zoom, a Zoom stream Zoom the in the event that he won the award. Mm. IndieWire says... Um, that the three rookie Oscar show producers, Steven Soderbergh, Stacey Sher, and Glenn Collins, took advantage of the pandemic limitations to apply a fresh twist on the formula, right? So they tried to push this real movie aesthetic. They shot with, like, proper movie cameras and stuff. It looked really cinematic. Um, and to push this movie aesthetic and increase nominee attendance, no Zooms were permitted. Satellite uh, satellite, satellite hookup... Um, Satellite hookups at hubs around the world, including London, Paris, Sydney and Rome, supplied other acceptance speeches. So there were people all around the world in these hubs, so they were filmed nice and cinematically, but they didn't allow any Zooms. And apparently Hopkins, the wording here is that Hopkins and his agency pleaded with them. He couldn't get to the two nearest hubs, which was, um, I think... um, one in London, wasn't it? One in London, one in Dublin or something. Yeah, Dublin and London. He couldn't get there. He's like an 80-something-year-old. He's like an 83-year-old man. And he said, I don't want to travel. It's a pandemic. I don't want to travel to London. I want to travel to Dublin. I just want to be at home. He's now at home in Wales. um, And he's probably going to stay there and and live there now for for however long he's got. Um, 
He apparently they pleaded, please, just please let him, please. 83-year-old man. They said, no, absolutely not. And this was probably partly because they went, no, he's not going to win it, so why even bother bother, setting it up and Chadwick's going to win? And he fucking wins. And he's not there to even give a Zoom. It's just hilarious. It's almost like, oh, this is your punishment for not. Apparently now Olivia Coleman, who is his co-star in The Father, she was at the London Hub. Apparently she they had planned to have her deliver the speech on his behalf, but they abruptly cancelled they just abruptly ended the show before they could even give her the chance to come and do it. Oh, the whole thing was just a fucking cock up. And you could see that they just ended it. Because even I looked at you like, Oh, is that yeah. it? They've just yeah. finished it. Oh, he's not here, yeah. I'll see you later. So they should have just left it the normal way. You would have had the best picture comes like, like it would have been an upset, like, oh, shit, Chadwick Boseman didn't win. But then you close the show out on the best picture. Yeah. The whole team from that film comes up. They accept it. It's a big moment. The, the end of the Oscars is always this big moment yeah. where everyone rushes the stage and that's how you should have, not necessarily people rushing the stage this time around because the pandemic, but you have all the people up there from the film, um, the best picture winning film, which was Nomadland this year. They all go up there. They accept the award. Thank you so much. The night ends. Yeah. Not in this fucking, oh, man, yeah. I was so mad. Yeah, yeah they, obviously, they obviously, you know, just aimed it towards <clears throat> Chadwick winning and he completely cocked it up. Variety spoke with uh, Rob Mills from the ABC. He's the executive of Unscripted and Alternative oh, Entertainment. Not, not the Australian Rob Not Mills. Rob Mills. <laughs> not Millsy, no. Uh, ABC's Rob Mills, executive of Unscripted and Alternative Entertainment at Walt Disney Television, spoke to Variety. Um, and he said it wasn't just the... He, they asked him about, well, what was the deal with this, essentially. It wasn't just the final categories. The whole show was mixed up. Screenplay that usually comes in Act 5 or 6, one of the later acts. Best director was also very early. I think the point was sometimes you watch the show and you feel like, gosh, I've seen this every year. Uh, so it was really like, wow, I really didn't see what was coming next. It was not meant to end on somebody who was not present. It was a calculated risk. <sighs> <laughs> I don't want their calculator. <laughs> <laughs> They've obviously gone, yeah, Chadwick's going to win this. Oh, yeah, He's going to sure. win it. Um, yeah. So we'll have his wife there, his parents there, his family there to accept the award. And if he doesn't win it, someone else will win and they'll come up and they'll accept the award anyway. Yeah. It was not meant to end on somebody who was not present. You can't guarantee that, though. There's no meant to about this in this situation. There's no, oh, it's meant to go this way. Yeah. No, absolutely not. Hook up fucking Anthony Hopkins on the Zoom just in case he wins the award. This shows their total lack of respect and their total lack of belief that Anthony Hopkins, who has given a fucking lifetime of performances, yeah. it's them going, yeah, he's not going to win it. Fucking hell, it just pisses me off the more I think about it. Anyway, he says, he continued to say, Mills, Millsy, says not the Australian Millsy, this <laughs> other Millsy, uh, he says that I think it still paid off because everybody was talking about it. Similarly, uh, similarly, nobody wants the wrong envelope to happen like it did three years ago, but everyone was talking about it. So just as long as people are talking about it, oh, it's a win for us. It's like that uh, that old saying that any publicity is good publicity. Yeah, fucking hell, man. A lot of bullshit. Um, yeah, the whole thing's a disgrace. Look, they, it's it's so obvious that they that they plan the whole evening around Chadwick Boseman trying to make. I don't know if I want to say a martyr out of him, but it almost felt very much yeah, like that, did didn't it? it? Yeah, it that did. they tried to make him this holier-than-thou presence over the whole thing. Yeah. Terrific actor, incredible person, 
Um, but you, I just think the the way that they just tried to use him to get the viewers, oh, exactly right. the the viewers, and yeah. everything else, and the way they put him on this in, this insane pedestal is just such in bad mm. taste. Mm. This was produced by the ABC, who was Disney, who did Black Panther, who did fucking. You just think, what do you like? Fuck me. Yeah. They're just playing on people's emotions. Yeah, that's him. exactly what and they, it is. And, they, and that's what they did. They, they used him. Yeah. You know, and that's, that's an absolute disgrace. They also included um, an NFT of Chadwick Boseman's head, of his face, like a bust. Oh, in, um, now, I don't, believe, I don't believe the Academy is behind these gift bags. Uh, the Academy used to give out gift bags to everyone that, that comes to the awards, but now they hire this separate like, PR agency put together gift bags. Sometimes it's like they give everyone a car or they give everyone an electric scooter. They give everyone spa days, all this shit. Now, these are like million-dollar gift bags. Now, this one gift bag that was given out was like a one-and-a-half, two-million-dollar gift bag. It had a spa day. It had all this other bullshit. And then they gave away an NFT of Chadwick's bus. Now, I don't really know what an NFT is. It's one of those things that I don't understand. I don't really want to understand it. It's almost like a digital... It's it stands for non fungible token, so it's a non tangible thing. Yep. it's a digital item digital that you can item, give yep. away. So I suppose like a digital copy of a movie is, could be an NFT. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was this artist created like this bust of Chadwick, which is like um, has like African music, a kind of Wakandan music in the background, drums and stuff, and you've got all these flowers and stuff come up, and his face is in the middle, and this light all shining on him and shit. It leaked on Twitter, of course it did, um, <laughs> <laughs> um, and. And this was in this gift bag. Now, apparent, Now, as far as I can understand, in this case, the NFT is like a digital artwork or like a digital trading card maybe. Right, yeah. Um, but apparently these are worth like millions. People pay millions of dollars for an NFT, this digital piece of art, because what happens when you buy the NFT, you get the original file. So you don't get a copy of the file, you get that original file. So it would be like me buying, if I wanted to buy an artwork or one of your photographs, mm. me buying the original the raw original file, file from you. Yep. So you give me the original raw file on like a card or something yep. and I bought the the original the original file and there's apparently some sort of crypto thing in there that tells you that this is this is the mm-hmm. original one, not like a copy. Yep. Anyway, again, I don't quite understand it, don't really want to. Um, but in this day in this case they gave out like a digital what I can only describe as a digital visual trade trading card of Chadwick yeah. Boseman. They also auctioned one off, which they tried to sell for like one and a half million dollars or some crazy <sighs> shit like this. Um, and just the whole thing just stinks. They just tried to. They just used him as like this figurehead, and it's just a fucking. Dis- the whole thing's a fucking disgrace. Um, mm. The Oscars back in 2014 um, had 43.7 million viewers. And over the years, it's steadily, steadily declined. And this year, mm, they got 9.8 million viewers. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. And I fucking guarantee you next well, it's year. What's down from, what, 23.6 last year? Yeah. God. I can guarantee you next year there'll be even less than that after this cock up. Absolute disgrace. This Unbelievable. Was um, and I was, ma- I was mad because I sat and watched it for three hours. Three hours of your life. You I wasn't going to watch it. I was like, I'll do my work during it. I mean, it just made me so mad. Just yeah. like, how the fuck have you done this? That I couldn't, I just couldn't get in the headspace to do any work. I don't think it sounds stupid. Yeah. But it was just one of those things where I'm like, I've sat here, I've watched this. They've played with me. They've played with nearly 10 million other people around the world who are watching this. And I just felt so fucking just sick that yeah. I'd watched it. It was pretty bad. And I was like, I fucking wish I hadn't watched that. 
In one respect, I'm glad that I watched it live, that I was there at the moment just watching it thinking, what the fuck? It took me ages to get into work that day because I just wasn't, I just wasn't there. Yeah, but, um, I, but yeah, I, I, you know, the two things that really pissed me off was that the in memoriam. Yeah. And again, get rid of that game or shave fucking, if you yeah. have to do the game, make it five minutes yeah. and give like 10, 15 minutes yeah. to the in memoriam. Yeah. So the in memoriam, they fucked that up. Yeah. And just the way they ended it all and the, yeah. way, that, the way they used Bozeman. Disgraceful. Fucking hell. Mm. Anyway, um, I don't, I don't remember when we, were, when we were watching it, we just bloody pissed ourselves laughing when they finished it because I was like, what? just that, gone, you couldn't, bang, done, you had finished, to laugh. No. Yeah, like I've seen videos of people reacting when they did the same thing. They just reacted like laughter, like, what the hell have you done? Yeah. Like one of those just, it's one of those situations where there's nothing else you can do but laugh. Yeah. It's like, what the fuck have you done? What, this is just laugh at the fact that it's the whole thing was such a clusterfuck. Mm. Fucking hell, man! It's pissed me off, and I've been—it's been pissing me off all week. And I'm glad that it's finally Friday. I've been able to vent because it's just—it was just a fucking disgrace. Uh, I hope they never pull any of that bullshit ever again. Um, but anyway, apparently Anthony Hopkins was very deserving of that Oscar. I'm so glad that he got it. His last Oscar was '92 or '93 for Silence of the Lambs, mm-hmm. so long deserved. Um, it would have been great to see Chadwick Boseman win an Oscar in his life. It would have been fantastic again, but. Again, you vote the Academy votes who they believe yeah. earned the best performance of the year, and that went to uh, Anthony Hopkins this year, which I think is really fantastic. I think all the winners all round. We were going to speak a little bit about it, but we're running a bit low on time. Um, I was very happy with with pretty much all the awards that went out. Um, we we had seen Judas and the Black Messiah, and mm-hmm. Daniel Kaluuya won Best Supporting Actor, which mm-hmm. was so good to see. Yeah, that. Yeah, I was yeah, really yeah. happy to see him win yeah, that. That was a great film. Um, and in particular, um, again, I could go through his them performance all. was amazing. It was really absolutely amazing. really terrific, powerful, and uh, I'm so glad that that um, that that did win uh, that that Best Supporting uh, Actor. And um, a few other things. Um, Soul won Best Animated Picture, which I was very happy Beautiful. with. I fucking love that movie. Beautiful, it also yep. won Best Original Scream. Uh, sorry, Best Original Soundtrack Score. I yeah. said to you, this, it has to be Gorgeous. Soul. Incredible music. Uh, yeah. Both the, um, um, the the jazz music and also that kind of ethereal music that's in there as well. Promising Young Woman won Best uh, Screenplay, mm-hmm. which I was very happy with. I said last week if um, if Carrie Mulligan didn't win Best um, Actress, Actress, I would go wild in here and poor border all over the place um but uh she she didn't win uh that went uh to who won that this oh uh francis mcdormand won for nomadland mm. haven't seen it but uh she's a terrific actress so yeah, i'm very her. happy that she's w- uh, walked away with another academy award i think she's got three now i think two or three yeah, it was three was um cool. but yeah so very happy with that um and so happy uh that chloe zhao won uh not only best director but best picture for nomadland again we haven't seen it uh, but uh, the, the film looks fantastic. It looks gorgeous. Um, and she has become the first woman of colour, the first Chinese woman and the second ever woman to win for Best Directing. So she's knocked off a shitload of these, um, uh, uh, what do you call them, um, records sort yeah, of things. Yeah. Breaking a lot of records. Fantastic. Um, again, I haven't seen Nomadland. I'm looking forward to seeing that. Actually, I think that's gone on Disney Plus tonight. Funny oh, thing, yeah, funny thing, when they were accepting the best uh, picture, um, 
uh, friends McDormand got up there and said, watch this on the biggest screen possible. Go to theaters, yeah, go and too, see it. Yeah. yeah. The next thing, they went to an ad break. The first ad was for Disney Plus, Nomadland. <laughs> Coming to Disney Plus. <laughs> That's hilarious. Uh, watch it on your phone. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was very funny. Uh, but that is going uh, to, to Disney Plus. Now, Chloe Zhao, again, who directed Nomadland, um, directed The Eternals for Marvel, which is coming out this year. It was supposed to come out last year. And they're saying this movie is like fucking out of this world. Really? Yeah, she really pushed for uh, this is a film that's kind of about, well, the Eternals are like this ancient race of beings mm-hmm. that were sort of there at the beginning of the universe and helped create it, or they're like an offshoot of the evolutionary process that created the universe or something. Uh, it's like a, fo- a story that takes place over 6,000 years or something, but it's also very grounded. And uh, Chloe Zhao apparently really pushed to have as much physical location shooting as possible. Um, and uh, there was an interview with Kevin Feige from Marvel saying that she was really adamant and they had to like really like win over Disney at please let us do all these like actual physical location shoots mm. and stuff. Uh, not as much, you know, a lot of sets and stuff, but not as much CGI and stuff. Um, there's also a quote from Kevin Feige where he said um, he there's this scene in The Eternals apparently where there's like a beach and there's all this mist rising off the beach and the light, and it's just like this gorgeous cinematic scene. And then he said he watched Nomadland and saw that exact same shot in Nomadland, and his quote was something like, I understood then that this was not just something she was trying to bring to Marvel, this is her signature style. style. Um, so apparently the movie is just, uh, from all the reports from people who have maybe seen bits of it or uh, insiders, Apparently this movie is just going to fucking blow everyone away. Awesome. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised. Again, it's very early to say, but I wouldn't be. I would be. Wouldn't be surprised to see Eternals maybe in some sort of Oscars race next year, um, especially if uh, Chloe Zhao was behind it, just directed it and everything. So, um, so when's it? When's it out? End of this year. No trailer for that yet, but I guarantee you, in the next few weeks, we're going to get Eternals. Directed by Academy Award-winning director yeah. Chloe Zhao, Nomadland, yeah. whatever. They've been waiting, guaranteed. Sure. We got the Sean Shi trailer a couple of weeks ago. We'll get the Eternals trailer very, yeah. very soon with that yeah. attached to it at the end. They've been waiting. Um, very quickly, um, I can, don't look at this. Did you look at that? No, I didn't. Okay. I just by, saw it come up. In this the is the Academy that. Awards by the numbers. This is like the studios who yep. took away the most awards this year. Who do you think number one studio is that took away the most awards? I'm, gonna say, I'm saying here they took home seven awards. What studio took away seven awards this year at the Academy Awards? Well, I don't think it's going to be a traditional one. Well, it's either – well, yeah, it's, well, it, can, it can be any of them. Netflix or someone like that probably. Yeah. Really? Netflix. <laughs> and this is Jesus. this is where Netflix's fucking model of throwing shit against the wall yeah. and seeing what sticks really works. Just pump out a whole bunch of shit, buy up a whole bunch of. Where they've won all these is because they will go to the um, the festivals like Sundance and all them and just fucking buy up all the independent films for their own distribution. Oh, yeah. So all the, most of the stuff you see on Netflix is a Netflix original. Is like a film they bought, bought for it, yeah, from yeah. a festival. So they ended up walking away with like seven awards. I couldn't again. I couldn't name what films other than Mank, uh, which walked away with two awards, I think. But other Netflix films were in there and, and took away seven awards this Jesus. year. Disney came second with five. Um, so two of those would have been from Nomadland because that was a Fox film, but Disney obviously distributed it through the 
mm-hmm. the buyout. Two would have been for Soul. And then the third one, maybe Nomadland won a third award. I'm not too sure. Uh, Warner Brothers came in with three. Amazon and Sony Pictures Classics came through with two. Focus featured with one and A24 with one in the end as well. Uh so yeah, there Sons, you go. Sons, isn't it? Netflix. Yeah, definitely. The streamers. Oh You've only got two major studios in there, by the way. Disney yeah. and Warner Brothers. Oh yeah, and bloody oh, we got Sony. Well, so the Sony Pictures Classics is like their independent that's where they release all the independent films. Right. So okay. I guess you'd count that as one of the majors anyway. But and I mean, yeah, look at Netflix, Netflix and Amazon. Crazy man. God. What world? Oh, God. Um actually one thing that was interesting when we were talking about like the digital world and stuff. I saw an article which compared the Oscars ratings, the viewership of the yeah. Oscars this year, to the viewership of the Game Awards, which oh. is the big, like, it's like the Oscars yeah, yeah. of the game world. Um, so if you look at 2016, the Oscars had 34.4 million viewers yep. and the Game Awards had 3.8 million. Yep. You look at this year, 9.8 million for the Oscars and 83 million for the Game Awards. Shit. Yeah. Well, gamers... Gaming's big, Ga- isn't it? But fucking game, like a professional gamers are making more than Hollywood stars now. It's That's insane. insane. It's, it's insane. crazy. But the world has just taken this turn. Well, there was that, that, there was that um, survey done a couple of years ago about mm. asking, uh, they were oh, asking, they asked the the, asking the kids in high school yeah. to name 10 of their top yeah. celebrities that they know. Yeah. And uh, they were, you know, they're all YouTubers yeah, and all gamers and all that sort of creators stuff. Creators and um, yeah. and influencers, yeah. Yeah. Insane. And that is probably where... And they didn't know who people like Robert De Niro were, yeah, was. Yeah, Brad Pitt or any yeah, of them. Will, yeah. Will Smith yeah, and all those nuts. guys. Um, so, so, yeah, that's where a lot of that, because, again, when I was a kid, you everyone would watch the Oscars. Everyone mm. who was, like, interested in movies and stuff, like, they were the big celebrities of the, t- of the day, Hollywood. People are falling out in favour with Hollywood now. Yeah. And because all these younger generations have now grown up with YouTube and streamers and yep. creators and Instagram and all this shit, that these Hollywood people are now losing their grasp over the yeah. entertainment yeah. Um, yep. sphere. Yep. Um, so, yeah, you've got 9.8 million people tuned into the Oscars, which is your generation, my generation probably, who mm. are still watching them. And then all the younger ones who would have been watching them 20 years ago are now not and watching, watching them. gaming watching gaming awards and shit like that. Um, which is nuts. God. We're running very low on time here. Um, I've got one more very quick, very, very quick thing that I do want to say. Uh, last week we spoke about Jerry Beck, uh, animation and film historian. Mm-hmm. Um, he was talking about there was like a, a, a thing that he'd written on, on Facebook. It was like a reply to someone's uh, question um, he, that he was asked whether there, um, there's plans to commemorate Daffy Dark or Tweedy's anniversaries over this next uh, 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 in next year because they did the Bugs Bunny 80th anniversary Blu-ray set. Someone asked if they're going to do the same for Daffy and Tweedy. Um, and he said because he does a lot of work with Warner Brothers when they're doing these classic animation Blu-ray releases through the Warner archives. Okay. Anyway, he said the company is slowly transitioning away from physical media. There are no plans for any classic cartoons, um, blah, 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 blah. Uh, this includes, uh, but the, the, the main crux of it was him saying company is slowly transitioning away from physical media, includes both Warner archive and regular Warner home video. You'll see, some, you'll still see some new releases from both during the rest of the year, but those were planned out last year. Next year is when this year's changes will be felt. He came out this week and kind of rectified what he was trying to say. Right. So he posted on um, on his Facebook, wow, I blew up the internet. 
Looks like a little response I made to a cartoon fan wondering if Daffy or Tweety's anniversary would be celebrated on DVD and Blu-ray has blown up and gone viral. First of all, anyone claiming that Warner Brothers is planning to phase out DVD and Blu-ray beginning in 2020 has taken my words and blown them way out of context. Way, way out of context. Secondly, I do not work for Warner Brothers. I occasionally work freelance as a writer and consultant to their home video group. I know nothing about the inner workings of that department. A few days ago, I was asked a few questions by anxious fans worried about the future of physical media, and unfortunately, from my point of view, I don't have anything new to report. Warner's is restoring their classic cartoons for HBO Max, and it's obvious um, that their streaming services where Warner Cartoon Library will live on for the time being. But I repeat... I do not know anything about what's going on concerning their home video department. I do know that DVDs and Blu-rays will continue to be produced and that the department still exists. All we can do is hope that they will continue to release their cartoon shorts, physical media. That's all I know. That's all I can say about this matter. Mm. Almost sounds like Warner's was like, what are you doing? Yeah, exactly right. What the hell are you doing, man? Yeah, you, you <laughs> post something on your, on your <laughs> Instagram page and tell people that you were speaking shit. Yeah. yeah. Fuck. Um, so I don't know what to take of all that. But the, what I take from that is that uh, Jerry, who is someone I really, really respect, I always I, I read all of his works um, and I, I, use, I use them to reference my, my text and stuff, and he's always very in the know on stuff. Um, I think that he probably has an inkling or has heard that, yeah, we're probably starting to phase out the physical media side. Uh, maybe people did take that a bit. Out of proportion, like it's yeah. dead, it's yeah. finishing. Like we were saying next week, it sounds like they're slowly starting to end yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, but then what he's saying here is that obviously there's still going to be DVDs and Blu-rays. It's not ending altogether. I'm still getting that same message from that though, which is like yeah, their focus is going to be on streaming and Blu-ray and DVD. While they're still happening, yeah, you know, the, the physical media yeah. side is kind of going to be phase, phasing out. But... Anyway, because we the, sort of had that reaction too after yeah. hearing that, that we thought, oh yeah. shit, yeah, that's yeah. that's right. They, because yeah. we've been talking about it for ages. Yeah, you know, phasing out yeah. physical. But then, we it, thought, yeah, well, that's the death nail. Yeah, but I think more so what he's <clears> saying <throat> here now is like, well, I don't work from the for them. I don't know everything. He's probably just saying from what I've under what I understand is this is the way it's going. But now he's probably going. So many other things could be happening in the studio that he's not privy to that he shouldn't be used as that spokesperson mm. to be like uh, uh, sensationalized yeah, yeah, yeah. or be the one that says, oh, no, this is the end. Mm. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see. I thought I'd bring that up anyway. Yeah, exactly. Um, it'll be interesting to see what happens. We're over two hours now. Should we do a couple of subscriber questions? We've couple, only got, couple of quick we've only got a couple in this week anyway, so let's do them quickly. Uh, living my legit, living my Jeff life, go Jeff. Yep, um, hey Dave and Rick, here's a question for you both. What's your favourite non Disney animated film? And or question for the viewers: Have you all dived into Dave's past videos? Uh, you'll be happy if you do so. Do do also. Small request: Can we get a good day? Good day. How's it going? What did they say there in the next? <laughs> Sincerely, an ignorant American. <laughs> good day, Jeff. How you going? Good day, mate. Yeah. G'day, Jeff. How's it hanging, buddy? <laughs> okay, that's out of the way. Um, favorite non-Disney animated film for me is the one of the greatest movies of all time, Shrek. Oh, can I say Toy Story? It's not Disney. Mm. <laughs> mm. I couldn't. I don't know. I couldn't. I couldn't think of one to be honest. Um, let me think of what you like. Uh, Chicken Run. <laughs> Chicken Run was good. I, um, I don't know. Um. Um. Wallace and Gromit. Yeah. 
I like those. It counts. Really enjoyed those. Yeah, there you go. Mm. Uh, next one, Johnny Marrero. Yeah. G'day, Johnny. Hey, Dave, I have a big question. Big one. Um, After reading this article from Variety about expanding franchises from streaming services, do you believe the Rugrats relaunch will get the same treatment as SpongeBob and Avatar, expand with multiple spin-offs and movies for Paramount Plus? Also, if the Loud House movie does well on Netflix, uh, could we see a sequel for it or maybe a... Casa Grande's, Casa, Casa Grande's movie for Paramount Plus. All right. I feel like myself and Johnny have had this <laughs> um, discussion before okay. um, on, on, on Twitter. Uh, but last time more so he was asking because apparently because Nickelodeon's talking about building like a whole universe. Now, this avatar is not James Cameron avatar. This is Avatar The Last Airbender, which is like an anime thing, big anime franchise. Um, and Nickelodeon is talking about expanding Avatar and SpongeBob into universes, like cinematic universes where they make a bunch of spin-offs with a bunch of different characters, a bunch of movies, a bunch of shows, just make these huge universes like what Marvel's doing or whatever. Um, and Johnny asked me a little while ago if I think they'll make a Rugrats universe. I said, I don't think so. No, you can't make a universe so. out of a bunch of babies in diapers running around. No. He then suggested, oh, you can make like a, a reptile movie or like a different spin-off like they did the all-grown-up thing. Yeah. Or you could do all these things. I don't ever see them making Rugrats into a universe. No. No way. No. I don't see that happening. But, again, maybe if you've, as you've phrased, phrased it here, possible they could maybe do a movie, a TV movie. It's a thing that they do now. Yeah. The TV movie... Or they might do some sort of spin-off thing here. I I don't really see it happening though. Like on a on a large scale anyway. Rugrats. It just doesn't seem like something that really lends itself to that kind of for, that kind of formula. Mm. That kind of world building. How do you world build on the Rugrats? Babies. Going on adventures. I don't see it. No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't have thought so. No. I wouldn't have thought so. Um if the Land uh, if the Landhouse movie does well on Netflix, will we see a sequel for it? Probably, I think they'll run. Apparently, well, because this, because I did. People have been asking me about Loud House for years. Will you be doing Loud House Evolution? So, the show's been on for like six years. Yep. No, I won't. But I get it from a lot of people. Like, we talk about the Loud House or this shit. So, they announced the Loud House movie going to Netflix a little while ago. Or it was like first look. I did a video, 15,000 views. Yeah. What the hell? This week, they announced another first look, did a trailer. I did two videos. One got like fifteen, like 20,000 views. The other got 10,000. So it's a huge thing. Mm. I think there's like a big fan base here. It's like a newer Nickelodeon show. If the movie does well on Netflix, I imagine they'll do another one. Oh, for it's sure. just the thing that they do. Yes, for sure. For sure. Next one. Um, Angela Perez. Personally. Angel, I think. Oh, what did I say, Angela? Angela. <laughs> Angel, Angel Perez. Yeah. Long-time uh, pers- viewer. Personally, personally, I'm not. I'm not as into podcasts as most others seem to be. Definitely prefer scripted stuff. Mm-hmm. So this is my first time asking for your podcast, Dave. So I hope I'm not coming off as rude. No, not at not all. Not at all, my friend. What, incent- what incentive would you need to cover more animated series just like animated movies? Um, for them to be good? For them, yeah, it would be good. I'll get in trouble for saying that because I, I think I've actually spoken to Angel before about this, um, saying, please cover more animated shows and series and stuff. Um, I find that hard to cover series simply because it because there's a lot of um, – you have to watch so much for it. Yeah. And so much of my content is just so 
instantaneous. Um, instant- I have to get that so quickly that I can't. Topical. Top- it has to be topical. There has to be stuff that everyone's watching. Movies really hit that sweet spot. Cartoon characters really hit it. But when I do series and stuff, it's just a lot more hard work. And there's so many series out there mm. that it just would make so much more work for me. And there's only so many t- so many hours in a day. And I have to just be really picky with what I cover. Um, obviously, you see me do like news videos for the Looney Tunes cartoons or the Loud House mm. announced or something. But to like properly delve into series and stuff, it's just it's just too much. It just yep. feels like too much. So I don't know if it's about a matter of like incentive for me to do it. It's just give me more hours in the day to do more content for yeah, more exactly. stuff. At the end of the day, yeah. really, I've nothing against it, but no. it's just uh, it's just, just too, time. Too much. It's yeah. time restrictive. Um, last, I'll one give you more. one more. Uh, Alex, Alex's movie corner. Yeah, uh, Dave, what was your inspiration starting your YouTube, your YouTube channel? Oh, I'm loving what you do. Keep up the great work. Thanks, Alex. I appreciate it. I think you've answered this. A few I've times. answered this a few times. I'm always happy to answer it. I I feel like. Um, it was just I've always wanted to get into film and TV. I've been passionate about film and TV. It was just an avenue that kind of I found and thought this would be fun to play around in for like a little hobby. And then when things started to take take it a bit more seriously, I started to think, you know, I could I could do this if I'm getting the views, I'm getting the followers, I'm getting paid for doing it. I'll do it as long as I can sustain it. Um, so uh, that's the inspiration, really. Really, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know how you can say. Well, you want to share more. your love. I want to share my love and my passion and stuff with people. I like making people happy. I love telling these stories. My cartoon evolution videos, in particular, I love telling stories that I feel like haven't been as well documented in more recent times, particularly in a visual medium. And mm. I like being able to share them in that way and keeping these stories alive for new generations and for informing people and entertaining people. I don't know. Just get a kick out of it. So yeah. That's that's really it. So thanks for thanks for writing in, Alex. Um, and at that, oh, it's a long show today. Long Sorry. one today. It was a venting show though, so we yep. vented. We vented a lot, a lot I'll of sleep venting. Easy now. Oh my god, I will sleep easy now. Maybe I'll stop sleeping in. Maybe that's the problem. Maybe, maybe. Look, guys, uh, thank you again for listening. The podcast, of course, goes out every single Monday on all the podcasting platforms, which includes Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and Audible. <gasps> a visual element also goes out on YouTube, as you know, if you're watching that out there. Um, it goes out on the Monday as well, but if you're a patron supporter, you can get that on two days early access on the Saturday. So head over to patreon.com forward slash David Dunlander and support me for as little as a dollar a month. One dollar. One dollar. Not only gets you... Not only gets you the early access, but it, it supports my channel and all that stuff. Yeah. At the moment, because um, we have moved the videos over to another channel, my videos are no longer monetized. This is the mm. podcast videos, no longer monetized. If I get 1,000 subscribers and 4,000 hours watch time, um, I have to pay every month to have this podcast on the platforms. So the patron, the money that's coming in from patrons at the moment is covering, he's paying, for that. He's paying off what yep. we need to pay to keep this podcast alive, basically, which I really appreciate. So we need you to get the word out. Yeah, get the word out. Subscribe to the new channel. View if you the videos. Subscribe, subscribe. Please subscribe. subscribe. And yeah, if you'd like to support for just that little bit extra for, uh, over at the Patreon, uh, that's much, much appreciated. Um, of course, you can find me over on YouTube at Dave Lee Down Under on Twitter, Instagram. Uh, links in the description, right down the below of every single podcast. If you're listening on the podcast platforms, please leave a review. Only good uh, reviews, though. Yes, please. I would love them. YouTube preview. Uh, last week, I dropped a bunch of cartoon news that were mostly like animated things. There's like a whole bunch of animated shit that dropped last Tuesday night. I just had to cover it all. Uh, stuff about the Flintstones, this new adult Flintstones remake they're doing. 
um, the Loud House stuff, uh, the stuff, uh, the first look at Sony's Vivo, new movie that's coming from Sony, uh, a bunch of other shit. I did a trailer breakdown for Luca, Pixar's Luca, uh, which you can go and take a look at as well. This week, I don't have a lot planned. I'm still working on an evolution. I'm working on an evolution at the moment. So I'm trying to have that out the week after. I think it's doable. Um, if it is doable, I will announce that during this week and then that'll go out. So that's this week's task for me. So usually when I'm like focused on a task, the videos, you'll notice that there's like a week where I don't upload a lot. That's mm. usually what's happening. Yeah. Um, so this week it's probably going to be pretty quiet unless there's like news or some trailer drops or some shit like that. Um, other than that, stay tuned. Thank you for listening. And I'll see you here again once again, 30 episodes. I really appreciate all the support we both do. And um, take it easy. We love it. Take it easy. Thank you so much. Stay safe.